Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the celebration of the winter solstice, Jay. Joining as always is my co-host, Capitalism, Z. How are you doing today, Z? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Yeah, that was my little Christmassy opening. That's very Christmassy, Jay. Because this yeah. week is it's Christmas week. Why, it's Christmas? <laughs> Boy, what out there? What week is it? Why, it's Christmas week. <gasps> I haven't missed it. I haven't missed it. Go, buy the biggest goose you can, and then throw it in the river. No one likes goose. It's terrible. I don't think I've ever had goose. I've had duck. I didn't care much for it. Didn't care much for duck, Jack. I've not had duck. I've not had duck. Although I'd kill, a, I'd kill a goose just to watch it die. <laughs> just like that man in Reno. Yeah, exactly. Goose are scum, Jack. I don't care who knows it. They're the worst. I hate God, those Canadian geese. So, Christmas. So. Christmas. So, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, Christmas, even though this will be coming on Boxing Day. I suppose it will. I think last year we said something to the effect of, like, maybe we ought to make sure the Christmas host comes out prior to Christmas. And, um, well, we failed at that again, I suppose. Uh, but there's always next Christmas, everyone. I mean, well, I guess next we... Christmas it should work better, I think, because we're only one day behind. So, surely next time it'll come out before. Will it be Christmas Day or the day before Christmas? Something to that effect. So, well, let's, give, let's give her a look, sees. What, what Actually, yes. Next Christmas will come out. Will be Monday, so this will come out on Christmas next next year's Christmas episode. So you could gather around with your family and play this while you open your gifts and shit. So great. Hopefully, you've watched I mean, everything we're talking about. Somehow, a day after Christmas still feels more appropriate than a whole week prior to Christmas. Yeah, I would say because it's it's like it's a box. It's like Boxing Day. It's like a whole it, well the Christmas the twelve days of Christmas and the and the Advent and shit. What do they call yeah, it? The Epiphany. The Epiphany, yeah, that doesn't end till like whatever the sixth, mid February or some shit. So, oh yeah, in good. Mexico they sell in Mexico, in Latin America they celebrate it forever. It's crazy. They like start oh. after, when or after Halloween they're like, I guess it's Christmas forever, and it's like it's kind of fun though. I mean, a lot of people mo- sort of do that. Yeah, I mean it's it is it is kind of a season. It's more fun when you use like the whole month of December practically. Mm-hmm. And for those who celebrate Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa starts on the day episodes come out. So if you celebrate Kwanzaa. Explain it to me, please. How's it, Hanukkah doing? Hanukkah, it's alive and well. I think it's still going. It's it started at the beginning. Well, I know of the week. Christmas. Okay, so it's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say because Christmas definitely is Hanukkah still going on at Christmas this year. It ends the twenty sixth. So yeah, Hanukkah is all over the. Some, Hanukkah will start like before Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's wild and it'll, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's quite the range, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm gonna do like the the Jewish calendar. I think yeah, their calendar must have been a good deal shorter or something. It must be because they like in year five thousand or something. Was it, or maybe it's not that? I don't know. Regardless, that's probably enough of that. <laughs> For Christmas this year, Jack, we decided to watch three Christmas movies. Kind of, yeah, kind of yeah, movies. We'll kind of movies, kind of specials at least. Specials, yeah. Feature, actually, feature special presentation. Yeah, actually, only one of them is really a movie at all. So yeah, but yeah, quite a quite an eclectic bunch, I would say. Quite a yeah, quite a broad smattering, which is kind of fun. Not, um, not not your typical. We didn't watch any of those old Rudolph movies because Zach hates them. They're kind of bad. Yeah, I I enjoy it from nostalgia, but that's, no, that's fine. I don't like it. No, I get that. It's just it's really old, and they feel yes. like old movies if you're being objective, right? Of like, oh, these are slow and doddering and lame. They, they didn't know how to write movies back then. No, yeah. Uh, although I say I I I truly do adore um uh what's oh Jesus it's a wonderful life. I think that's actually a really good film. My uh, my mom, it's her mom's favorite Christmas movie, and we went to watch it one year, and it was an option. You could watch it like in the original black and white or in the colorized version. She oh, said, yeah? I will not watch it in that bastardized color version. And I was like, 
I'm kind of interested. I'd watch it in colorized. Yeah. I, 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 I have no morals. <laughs> I have no qualms. I have no conviction about that. <laughs> Spineless middleman. I'm going to go seek it out right now. Goodbye. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So first, um, to start with, we watched... you start, Jack? Yeah. We'll, we'll, Let me know. Which Love Actually start. We did. Which, uh, which is not usually our normal fare, but we were just spitballing a like, should we do some Christmassy stuff? And I don't remember... I don't remember why. I think we just said for the heck of it, because Christmas. And then, so I was just like, well, there's nothing in particular that we need to watch that's like new. I mean, we saw, we watched the special, the Guardian special and uh, Violet Night at the top of the month. So it's like, whatever, we'll just fill in some, potentially some blanks in our, uh, you know, collective movie catalog. Yeah, sure. This movie has come up when we've talked off pod in our, you know, regular human lives about <laughs> movies. I think, I think we've, when we've, every time we argue about Tie Hard, I think even on the show, if you go about Love Actually, and I've gone, I've not seen Love Actually, and you've gone, oh, that's right. So I've seen it, finally, and we can talk uh-huh. about it. So I'll go around the gate here, because I had never seen it before. It wasn't for me. Not a fan of this film, gotta be honest. Yeah, so I am. I like it well enough. I think, I mean, I'm not a big watcher of uh, romantic, I suppose it's a romantic comedy, right? Why not? That's what, what they call? say. I've got some qualms about that. It's certainly, well, you and everyone else. So I prefaced, I told you this week, right? Or last week, whenever we were talking about this, that um, there's basically an, an annual discourse about Love Actually. And it's actually gotten to the point now because of the internet and everything and how circular everything is, where now there's like an annual discourse about the Love Actually discourse. Mm, right. um, but yeah, it kind of ad- addresses just that. But so Love Actually, for those who don't know real quick, it's a 2003 film. So I suppose anyone some of the older individuals in our listenership may be more familiar even than us, but it's, yeah, this says it's a romantic comedy, um, according to Google. So I'll take it. It's, is that, and it's basically a big ensemble cast with like a bunch of different little stories that are all basically just about, yeah, like love. Some might say about like what love actually is, which is kind of why it's called that probably. And it's got quite the star studded fucking cast. I would say. Oh yeah. Probably every, major working british actor maybe most of them i don't know judy dench isn't in here so that's true but so just just rattle them off we got hugh grant colin firth emma thompson liam neeson kira knightley alan rickman uh is that most of them oh Mark andrew lincoln Freeman. oh yeah where was he what does he actually do he's Not the much. yeah he's in like a couple scenes he's like the the porn actor guy sex scene actor guy i don't i don't remember it's not. It's not ringing any bells. I don't even know who this guy. Martin Freeman, love actually. What does he do? He's like he's doing that movie scene with that girl, and they're like doing, shooting a sex scene, and they like ask her out for a drink, and they like go on a date, and then she says, "All I want for Christmas is you," and they're like dating, and that's huh. like the whole whole plot. It's not a lot. I said this might have. This literally may have not been in the fucking one I watched on cable. Oh, is there? A, is it? Is that possible? Goes. She gets topless in this. Like they're naked. So maybe. Oh, so maybe it what. What's it connected to? What is the uh, connective tissue there? I think the only connective tissue is that, like, he has like a brother whose son is in the play, but he doesn't interact with neither of those characters interact with any of the other characters in any meaningful way. So all of their scenes can be cut. Does he, he go to the pageant? He does go to the pageant, but he's not in the scene, in the shot. It's not. There's no other characters besides him and like the girl from his plotline. Oh, it says right here. Yeah. The movie scenes featuring Martin Freeman and Joanna Page are consistently cut from television broadcasts. So I literally didn't actually see that. Sorry. <laughs> I wish I hadn't seen it. It, was a it makes me wonder movie. if I've ever seen it. Because I think the first time I ever watched it was on 
cable or streaming or something. And I've never actually watched the Blu-ray that I own because I lent it uh, to you this week. Of course, and of course. You literally had to open it, right? So yeah, yeah. Well, you opened it in your house, but it whatever. Had to be open. Huh? Really? Go, Martin Freeman's in it. Um, God bless him. God bless him. Love Martin Freeman, actually. But yeah. So as you kind of alluded to there, it's got some less uh, sort of like happy-go-lucky scenes to it, basically, right? Like some of these subplots are not very much traditional romantic comedy fare at all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's... is that what you were getting at before? Yeah, and there's not like a lot of a lot of jokes. Oh, it's I think there's some jokes. There's definitely jokes there, to be had. There are there are jokes to be had, but not as many as I would think in a romantic comedy. Now, granted, I'm a I'm a white guy with a podcast who talks about Marvel movies, so I haven't watched a lot of these kind of movies. So maybe this is just standard fare, and it's British in 2003. So maybe there's there's some things there that I'm not that just kind of disconnect. But that's that's just what I noticed. Like. There were jokes, obviously, here and there that I noticed, but not as many as I would expect from this kind of movie. Fair enough. So basically the whole plot of this movie, we're going to go into that, is that there are like eight little couples that all... This says ten. Ten? Oh, dear. Ten in epilogue. Yeah, I'm looking at the the Wikipedia breaks it down into ten different stories. See, it's interesting because the Blu-ray you lent me says eight couples. Hmm. Well, they're not all couples. Oh, that, oh, that makes sense. Because it's the rock star guy. And then there's the guy who goes to... Oh, right. Oh, no, okay. Um, this last one is R- Rufus, who is... um, What's his name? Mr. Bean guy. What's his name? Sorry. Ron Atkinson. Yeah, Ron Atkinson. He gets his own little subsection, but he's not a couple, but he connects to a couple of them. So nine. Let's go nine, huh? Well, a solid nine. Uh, but yeah, I think out of all of them, I think my favorite probably was the Rockstar one. He was just kind of like funny. Oh, that was the more that was the funnier one, I think, more like comedy based because he was just so burnt out and done done with it. Just been like, I gotta sell this bullshit. I don't really care that much on his like ad campaign. I love Bill Nighy. Oh yeah, played Davy Jones. He didn't want to play Davy Jones, I guess. He just wanted the money, but he still did it, I guess. Did an alright job. Oh yeah, won an Well, he didn't win an Oscar. People who made him look like Davy Jones won an Oscar. Incredible. But yeah, so the the voiceover at the beginning is about uh, Heathrow Airport and how when people get arrive at the airport, it's all everyone's happy, right? You see lots of love because people meet their loved ones and it's like a nice thing, right? And that uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like an anti-cynical thing of like, no, love is real and you can see it, right? The, the sort of just like pure uncomplicated love between friends and family and stuff. But then, yeah, the, the movie doesn't necessarily have that all the way through yeah. um some of them definitely show a more complicated thing but i again i think that's why the movie is called love actually because it's in in the voiceover it goes because love actually is all around us right but i think there's the other sort of side of it is that like love actually isn't always like yeah super easy or uncomplicated or anything because yeah there's very few of these that end up super like just nice and, and happy with a you know wrapped up with a bow on it right mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting. And I think that's what the whole like discourse is kind of kind of misses is the whole like guys love actually not actually a happy go lucky rom com. If you d- didn't remember, and it's like I don't think it was ever supposed to be strictly. Mm, yeah, supposed to be more complex than that. So well, you're saying you like the rock star one? So I think some of the most grim ones, if you can call them that, is there's um what's his name Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson, and he kind of sort of like emotionally cheats on her yeah. with his secretary. And then they like um, start to have a conversation about it and then they don't resolve that conversation and then they're at the airport at the end and it's unclear they're standing right now. 
I'd say so, yeah. So, which, which kind of leads into one of my problems with this movie. So I feel like they skip just like just parts of important story, like just stories they just skip, like parts that you would want to see, and they just skip it. It's like, well, why did I don't know? It feels like their conversation in like the auditorium was like, all right, well, he just said he was a fool, but where do we go from here? Like, I feel like we're starting a scene, and then we just kind of like actually move on. It doesn't matter. Well, Jack, here's an article from the Independent from 18 hours ago. What happens to Harry? And Karen in love, actually. Well, there we go. You ready? All right, I'm ready for this. Now, I didn't. I don't know if you're aware of this, Jack. We could talk about this a little bit as well. Um, there was a TV movie sequel to this. Oh, they did for Red Nose Day called Red Nose Red Nose Day actually in 2017. That has uh, you know, what has happened to some of the characters later on. So maybe we can uh, talk about it a bit here. No, that's interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, that w- I I agree. It it doesn't feel completely resolved, does it? But maybe that's that's life, huh? Hmm. Perhaps. Um, what else we got? I'll just run down the list here, huh? Yeah. Anybody? Um, we have Juliet, Peter, and Mark, which is Andrew Garfield. No, <laughs> Andrew Lincoln. Um, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Kira Knightley, which is this thing where they um they get married, and then Andrew Lincoln's like kind of cold and weird to the girl, uh, to to Kira Knightley there. Um, and the revelation is not that he hates her, but that he's in love with her. This is actually probably my least favorite one. This to me is. I, I don't know the most like weird one to me more than the cheating ones or the other ones like this rubs me the wrong way i agree i, I don't get with, it. with the sign because i like the sign part is pretty iconic like i've seen that like image around i was like oh of course but it's a meme well, it's a meme but then i was like with the context i'm like oh you're like a bad friend you, i think so you yeah your friend's so. wife if it was just left at the yeah, I don't know. The cue card scene is kind of what pushes you over the edge. Because part of that, you're just like, oh, that's just an unfortunate situation. And you're like, he's done his best to maybe being cold and like almost like mean to her isn't the best answer. But what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. He clearly values his friend, his relationship with his friend that he would never pursue this. And that's it is what it is. Um, but then, yeah, the weird thing when then he confesses his love to her with the big cue cards is uh, it's strange. I don't know what he was going for yeah. was that and he's like with no hope or agenda it's like well you can't you can't say that i don't know if that could possibly be right yeah. yeah you don't you don't do an elaborate prank like what if his friend answers the door like that right that banks on her answering the door very good point yeah i don't know man i don't i don't really love it um but yeah uh, so that one is yeah it really is probably my least favorite because it's it's maybe the most bizarre to me almost i just don't I don't like it. I don't know how that's that's supposed to be a happy like that's resolved. And then she gives him like a kiss and he's like, oh, that's good enough, baby. And it's like, wait, what? No, you shouldn't be like, yeah, that's your friend. That's your best friend's wife. Like, it almost feels like it's shifted there because he's like, well, now that she knows, let's let's shift gears here. And it's almost as if he is now like, all right, well, now I think I might value her my relationship with her over my relationship with my friend, actually. So let's let's get her. And it's like, no. I, I think I liked it more when it was like I'm ashamed of again, this. I gotta hide it. Yeah, maybe being maybe being mean to her isn't the best answer, but it's like he, again, I I guess I like the idea that he was, yeah, committed enough to his relationship with his best friend there that he would never act on it, but then he does just act on it. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Jack. Very strange. Was not a fan. That's like that's that's it's one of three plot lines that deals with infidelity in some way. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Again, though, that's love, actually, man. Yeah, I guess so. We'll be cheating sometimes. Um, so then we have Jamie and Aurelia. So Jamie is Colin Firth, 
and um, he goes to their wedding. So this is how they all the connectivity here, right? So he goes to their wedding, and then um, he comes back after the wedding before the reception to check on his girlfriend who's sick, and finds out that she's sleeping with his um, brother. <laughs> yeah. So then he goes on his um, seemingly his annual sort of retreat to this. Uh, cottage he has in France, or he rents, or whatever the case is, um, where he writes because he's a writer, um, and he falls in love with the housekeeper, basically a Portuguese housekeeper, and she falls in love with him, and it's nice, and that's nice. And he learns Portuguese in like two weeks, or kind of like half learns it because obviously there's some parts he doesn't quite have it down. He goes, "I want to marry your daughter," and he finds her, and he confesses his love for her in Portuguese, and she's like, "God damn it, this is incredible. Let's do it." And they do it. And she turns out she learned, she half learned English because she loved him too. And that one's just a really sweet, uncomplicated one, yeah. I would say. That one's maybe my favorite one for that reason, because it is just nice. Um then we have Heron Harry, Karen, and Mia. Um, which is the that's the one we just talked about with uh Ellen Rickman and his his wife. Um David and Natalie. Uh David is Karen's brother, and he's the prime minister of uh fucking England. The bloody the prime UK, minister. He's your bloody PM, isn't he? Isn't, he? isn't it? Um, and he basically falls in love with his, um, I don't know, what is she? A, a secretary of some kind? Uh, Bring some food? Staff. Like a household staff? I don't know, secretary employee. I don't know. She's an administrative professional of some kind. But, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they basically just kind of fall in love. How do we? Um, there's a scene where the president of the United States visits. Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. She's kind of fun. And he pulls up Bill Clinton. And, uh, he does a bit of a Bill Clinton. And so uh, Hugh Grant there stands firm and he's like, listen, you're a bully and I don't like you. And I'm going to compromise <laughs> their geopolitical relationship with the United States and the United Kingdom to tell you this. Yeah. Live with all these people, which is a bit much. It's a bit of a stretch. I, I, was, I was furious and I was like, this is propaganda. How dare they do this to us? Where's my top gun? Yeah. Oh, so it is a little bit like, all right, we get it. You're cool, you're cool. They're, you're they're like, playing the triumphant whatever. music. Everyone cheers. They get up and literally all clap. Like, they're like, you show him. And he's like, he's going on about like, we're, we're, we're a small country, but we're a proud country. I'm like, shut up. What are you yeah, talking you're about? Britain. You're one of the most powerful countries on earth. You're Britain. You were the biggest you country on earth. You colonized the whole world, you asshole. When the sun Don't never set like, on you fellas. Yeah, shut the fuck up. We're just, we're just a tiny little island. in it. We got up. bad people, you know. We got bad teeth, don't we? Haven't we? Haven't we? Haven't we? You got <laughs> no H's. Um, but yeah, and eventually he's like, "Oh, this is too much. This is getting interfering with my work. I should move her to a different part of the whatever." And then he's like, "Actually, it's Christmas Eve, and so it's time for love. Christmas is." Dying. And then he goes, he goes for it, and they go to see the. He gets a letter from her. He gets the Christmas card from her. He gets a Christmas card, and he's like, "You know what? Love actually, I think." <laughs> and uh. Then he goes to the pageant with her, and they kiss and all, and it's nice. And then they're they're together. Um, then we have Daniel, which is, um, what's his name? William Neeson, right? Yeah, who is uh, friends with Emma Thompson, and his wife has recently died, and he's now the caretaker for his stepson, who is little uh, fucking Jojen from uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, which is fun. Um. And he's struggling with that, being a single dad type beat. You know, it's hard. And it turns out his uh, his little stepson there has fallen in love with a girl in his class, and that's their their little plot. And uh, so he's trying to coach his stepson on how to be cool and well, a girl or ladies. Yeah, that's right. Which is fun. This is just a cutesy kind of one, right? Mm-hmm. Another sort of uncomplicated sort of deal. 
and then she does a Mariah Carey number at the play, and then he they run through the airport to confess his love. It's the whole thing. It's kind of fun. A classic rom. That's a classic rom com thing with the airport. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? But it was post nine eleven, so maybe not not too harsh. Um, should have tackled them. <laughs> yeah, they would have got his ass. Yeah. Um, and then also he, he maybe is, he, there's a bit of a thing of him with, with him and one of, uh, one of Sam's classmates, classmates, moms. Right. And it's like, Oh, maybe this will be a thing. Yeah. Why not be a stepdad twice? Hey, Okay. And then we have, um, Sarah. Okay. So Sarah is, she works with Alan Rickman and she was also at the wedding, uh, for whatever reason. And, uh, Oh, she's friends with Jamie. That says, "Which one's Jamie? Who cares?" Um, <laughs> oh, Jamie is Colin Firth. She was sitting at Colin Firth at the wedding, and um, she has a crush on Carl, who is Hector from uh, Westworld, right? Oh yeah, he is. Oh, shit. And Alan Rickman's like, "We all see you've got a crush on Carl. Why don't you? Why don't you go out with Carl? Why don't you go fuck him already. God damn it! I'm, I'm tired of looking at it." And this. then Carl also kind of like Sarah, and there's like a thing there, and then they go to. Uh, they're at the Christmas party and they're like, some something's there and they and they go home together, but then um the reveal here is that the reason that she doesn't have uh she's never acted on it before isn't necessarily probably because she's nervous about it or whatever and shy, like she's uh she said. Um it's because her brother is like mentally ill and is in like a psych ward and uh she basically just feels a lot of responsibility to take care of him and it's this big demand on her time, mm. basically. Um, and this is maybe like the saddest one of them all, I think. Oh yeah, that it just when it, like she's just in the hospital talking to him, and she he like goes to hit her, and then like that guard comes in to like help out, and I'm like, this is just upsetting. Bit of a bummer. Yeah, I think this is the the most upsetting one to me personally. And uh, again, it's just that's just life sometimes, I guess. Fucking wild, really upsetting. <laughs> Um. Okay, Colin, Tony, and the American Girls. This is another fun one. So Colin um, and his buddy Tony. Colin's like, listen, I can't. None of these English ladies like talking to me. They're all too prim and proper in English. I'm going to go to America where they love English accents. I'm going to Milwaukee. And I'm going to get a million babes. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Milwaukee. It's going to be great. And his friend's like, you're an idiot. That's not actually real. Yeah. And Milwaukee can't just go to a different country. <laughs> Milwaukee's horrible. <laughs> And you can't just, you can't literally just show up and expect people to trip over themselves for you bec- just because you're British. That's goofy and some movie shit. Uh, but because this is a movie, as, as it turns out, it works. And he gets there and a bunch of American babes are like, this is sick. I love it. Do you want to have an awesome foursome with us? Or fivesome? I don't know how many, how many get involved I by the end. I think it was five sorry. at the end. But at least, like him and four others. Nonsense. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, but good for Colin. Good huh? for him. I, I wasn't really a fan. He's kind of like he's that dick. I'm like, shut up, Colin. Oh no, he's a, he's definitely a goober. But it's kind of funny. And there's some. Uh, one of those is um, January Jones, I believe is her name, right? One of them is Elisha Cuthbert, maybe. So that's some fun one. Yeah. And then he brings. He seems to like be with more seriously with one of them at the end he she brings her sister and now his his buddy gets a girlfriend too or whatever so. yeah and she, they make her wear a cowboy hat they make them all wear cowboy hats even though they're in milwaukee <laughs> so yeah. it's like oh yeah they really want to play up the, like oh it's america everybody wears a cowboy hat. oh yeah absolutely gun tooting boot wearing red blood of god god bless truck driving love my ford um so here's john and judy this is the one we you're talking about this is uh martin freeman martin freeman 
So they're professional body doubles. They meet doing sex scenes for a film in which Tony is a PA. John tells... Oh, wait. Who's Tony? Oh, Tony is oh, Colin's friend. Right. Okay, there that. you go. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, John tells Judy that it's lovely to find someone blah, 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 chat with. They're shy. Even though, oh, even though they're comfortable being naked and simulating sex, they are shy and tentative offset. That's funny. Um, they carefully pursue a relationship, attending the Christmas pageant um, with everyone's kids and everything at the local school with his brother. They are engaged by the end of the movie. That's nice. They are engaged? That's what it says. They get engaged uh, by the end of the that movie. That is not clear in the movie. Um, and then they like, said so we have Rufus, who is uh, Rowan Atkinson, who's does a bit of like a bit of a bit. Mr. Bean wrapping up bit. the Christmas gift. Uh, Mr. Bean has a bit where he takes a million years to wrap the gift and he's just adding layer upon layer of nonsense to it. I thought that was fun. I was like, oh, a good Mr. Bean bit. That was, I was like, oh, this is what I'm coming for. It's pretty good. And then at the airport, he causes a distraction for uh, Liam Neeson. Sam to get through where he's like, hold on. I think I've misplaced. Hold- would you hold this? Actually, would you hold this as well? Actually, hold on. Can you hold my, let me remove my gloves. We hold them. <laughs> Um, so which is also kind of fun. So that's nice. Um, according to the director and cast commentary, it's real that Rufus was really just supposed to be a Christmas angel, but this was dropped from the final script. A whole angel. Wow. I mean, I, I suppose he may as well. Yeah. At this point. What's the difference? Yeah. You can just say he was like, yeah, who fucking cares? Um, and then at the end, they're all, uh, they're all at the airport. It goes full circle. Cause they're all coming back from the airport at the same time or whatever. And they all get to meet and be nice. Yay. Yeah, why, why is the Prime Minister walking on the same import as all these other people? Uh, it's probably a good question, right? I kind of thought the same one thing. One big like, set. Yeah. The hey, the set. Why not waste the set? That's because England's such a small and weak country. And proud country. Everybody they knows everybody. Even, the president has to fly commercial. Don't you know that? Yeah. It's kind of nonsense. Now, do we think this Prime Minister has lasted longer than real-life England's, not, I, not current, but most recent previous Prime Minister? Whatever her name was. Uh, it certainly seems that I way. I mean, so. it, it spans at least a couple weeks in the film, so I'm <laughs> going to say certainly, actually. Uh, what a silly place. She lasted less than time than a head of lettuce. Insane. All right, so you do you want to hear about Red Nose Day, actually? Yeah, lay it on me. So it's set real time 13 years later. Um, Juliet, who is uh, Kira Knightley, she's watching TV with her husband. The doorbell rings, opens the door. Mark is there with cue codes again. Um, He's doing a fundraiser for Red Nose Day. Um, he says that uh, he's like, don't even worry about it. I'm actually super happy with my life. Um, and yeah, I don't even love you anymore or whatever. <laughs> um, because he has actually married Kate Moss. So there you go. Uh, yeah. um, and then he's like, let's see what happened to all the rest of our friends. Um, so David has recently become prime minister again. Because yeah, I, I don't know how their system works over there. But that just happens sometimes. <laughs> um <laughs> So he's prime minister again, 13 years later. He um, He's hanging out in his official residence, dancing again. Um, he falls down the stairs. His wife is there. Uh, he states in a speech that times are hard, but he believes in that love and the good in people will win in the end. There you go. Um, Bill Nye, he has released a charity single to raise awareness for Red Nose Day. Um, blah, 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 blah. He reveals that his manager has died from a heart attack. Blah, blah blah, you get yeah, it. Grim. That's a bit sad. Um, among salesmen, Rufus's products are red noses in honor of Red Nose Day. So he does a whole absurd um, thing wrapping the red nose for a little kid. There you go. The waiting line soon becomes so long it blocks car traffic outside. That's fun. Uh, Colin Firth and Aurelia have three children. Um, they they the children are bilingual, 
Um, even though he's not super, he's still not good at Portuguese, which is fun. Yeah. Um, she tells him that she's pregnant with their fourth child in Portuguese, and he doesn't fully understand it. He thought she was talking about what they were having for dinner. Ha <laughs> 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 ha! You get it. Um, Daniel, which is uh, what's his name? Liam Neeson. Um, he gets a surprise visit from his stepson, who's 26 and lives in New York City. When Daniel expresses concern because Sam has not been in touch, he's surprised to see Joanna, his childhood crush from 13 years ago, who left for America. She asks for Sam's hand in marriage, and they. Uh, Daniel delightedly jokingly answers that he will think about it. Ah, what about That's that? That's fun. So they'll get married. That's really convenient. Um, this feels a bit. It. If I've I've watched it. Um, it's a bit like. It's it's like a bit simple, no? Yeah, very. You know what I mean? like, and it's Red Nose Day, and here are all the things that you'd want to happen. Yeah, it's it's much more so than the original movie, which again is kind of not necessarily that. Um, it's just everything that you'd want to happen. Really simple. Like, look at—he's prime minister again. Look at the—the the kid married the—the the girl he had a crush on in the third grade. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> like, isn't that how he—he he obsessed about her forever and never let it go. <laughs> um, but that's nice, isn't it? So yeah. Um, Emma Thompson, Martin Freeman, Joanna Page, uh, blah, blah 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 blah, and of course Alan Rickman did not um appear. Emma Thompson chose not to do the sequel because of the passing of Rickman, who had just recently died as oh, of yeah. then. So very sad. Yeah, goddamn shame. So there you go. Yeah, I did. What a fun time, huh? I did think it was a little bit silly. How uh, maybe not silly, but like how far Liam Neeson will like, I guess, placate his stepson. It's like, all right, I guess you can like be like, yeah, tell your lover, like, but being like, we'll drive to the airport. It's like maybe just be like, well, fella, sometimes you so you win some, you lose some. Your mom's dead, so I mean, I kind of lost in a big way. So you know, maybe you got to lose a little bit. Oh come on, what? That's it, but it's like kids gotta learn. Kids but why? It's Christmas. You do a little magic. His mom's dead, man. <laughs> I guess he can do a little bit of fun. Well, perhaps he's trying to. He's doing his best, man. He's a single dad. It's a single dad's Christmas. I mean, what do you want him to do? That's true. A single dad on Christmas. That was a title of something. That was Hawkeye. I think we talked about that. So he's doing his best, man. I think. No, I'm not saying he did his best, but I think you know, encouraging him and all that. But I think the airport thing was a step too far, bridge too far. No, good time. Good time evading airport security. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so what do you think? Is it a rom-com or not, Jack? Um, what, how do we weigh another discourse? I'd say no. <laughs> I did think I did not think I thought Rowan Atkins was funny. Um, but he's Rowan Atkinson. He's going to be funny. Uh, so no, I would not say because most of them are just like either kind of annoyed or just kind of bummed out. I was like, oh, that sucks. Just kind of. It's kind of like it's, there's like too many. There's too many subplots. There's too many stories. Like they're not. It should just be less and focus up, develop them more. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple of them are like literally like two scenes. Yeah. You won't see them for like half. They'll appear the first and then an hour later they'll appear again. You're like, okay, I guess time has passed and the story's progressed, but I haven't seen it. It's all off screen. Mm hmm. Um, but like in terms of the whole, like, oh, this isn't actually a happy Christmas. You're misremembering. Love actually isn't the happy Christmas movie you remember it is. How do we feel about that? Because I do think that's a bit overblown. I think it's, I think that'd be overblown too. Because it is like generally positive. Like it's trying to be positive. Because at the end, they're all like in the airport happy. Like regardless of what, yeah, what right? has happened, even Alan Rickman who cheated on his wife, maybe kind of. They were like, "Good to see you, darling. We're still together, or at least co-parenting." I, I don't know. There's it's positive at the very least because you showed up with their kids. So, yeah, everyone else is happy. So I think I think it is like on uh, on the whole. 
like it ends kind of happy if even if some of the plot lines get a, go a little into the valley as it were but again i also don't think like i i feel like it's kind of the point is that it's not sp- just supposed to be purely like fun and happy mm-hmm. Because right. again, I think the point is that it's kind of like, yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes it isn't just that easy, you know. I don't know. That's my thought on it. Like I said, I do f- enjoy it because every year it it's actually kind of almost on the same level as the Die Hard thing, mm. where every year around Christmas time, it's like, is Die Hard really a Christmas movie? Here's why Die Hard's actually a Christmas movie. Here's uh, actually here's why Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. And we just go back and forth forever. Right, of course. And um, never end. It's like actually, actually, here's ten reasons why Die Hard, uh, why uh why Love Actually isn't actually a Christmas movie. And then it's like, and then we go back around. It's like actually, Love Actually is actually a holiday Christmas film. Ever, uh, but why Love Actually is the best Christmas movie ever? Actually, yeah, better than Die Hard, we which is that. totally still Christmas movie, guys. And we just do that forever and ever. I guess that's that, that's the other question, Jack. Do you want to weigh on that? If Die, die Hard, no, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, we've already done that. Is Love Actually a Christmas movie? Because that's why we, we've arrived here. Uh, yes, I would say it is. Based on my own definitions, I'm being consistent, of a Christmas movie, this is a Christmas movie. Incredible. All right, next thing. Yeah, well, I could take it. Oh, and I will caveat, we'll say, only because a majority of the plots require it. Not all the plots require it to be Christmas, but enough of them do that it counts. Well, I'll take out of this into our second of our three holiday specials, the Star Wars Holiday Special. From 1978, 79, something like that. 78. 78. Um, perhaps one of the worst things I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. Um, it's just as bad as. Oh my um, god. They, it's just as bad as they say, really, right? Yeah. Uh, when we decided to watch this, it was my idea because I was like, "Well, we do Star Wars. I've never seen the Star Wars holiday special. It's it's Christmas, whatever. How bad could it really be?" And then you were like, "I'm not watching that alone. We're gonna watch it together because I cannot sit through it." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." So we went to watch it this week together. We don't usually do this. And I was like, wow, I can see why we did this because I wouldn't be able to watch it alone either. I'd just turn it off. Oh, yeah. Even that was almost intolerable. Yeah, like, week- there was a couple points where I'm like, I just almost want to stop. <laughs> I'd rather do anything else. I'd almost rather sit here and just talk or, or be silent, maybe. Yeah, just in- and think about how we got here. What 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 in our lives had led us to this point? Like, it, it it's weird because it's like, it is so easy to hate on and it is such like a commonly um like lambasted thing right Mm -hmm. but it's just they're just right like it's not one of those things necessarily where i think it is just the internet dogpiling on something or just i don't think this is a case of just like groupthink of like oh haha we all make fun of it because it's fun to make fun of it 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 really is just horrible like like i I just sure no matter how no matter how much you talk about them i mean they're pretty awful i just don't think there's two ways around it i don't think this is that I don't think it's that deep. You know what I mean? It's just, this really is just really bad, I think. Oh, yeah. You know? So, so if if anyone's not aware of what the plot is, we want to run it down real quick? Yeah, of course. Um, ultimately, it's pretty simple. It's, this is the origin of the Star Wars concept of Life Day, um, which is seemingly originates as a Wookiee holiday, which is, it's basically just, you know, Star Wars Christmas, right? It's like, we get together and we celebrate and we appreciate our, family and everything and it's nice um and because of star wars and the rebellion and everything obviously chewbacca is a little disposed but he's like we got to get you home for life day chewy let's do it um a bit of like a trains planes automobiles you know how it goes right yeah and he's like all right we got to get home we got to get you home for life day chewy and so it's the majority of it really is just 
their uh, their Wookiee house on Kashyyyk, their tree house, and it's um, Chewbacca's family, his wife Mala, his father Itchy, and his son Lumpy, and um, they're just hanging out, basically waiting for Chewbacca to show up, and it's a bunch of clunky sort of um, vignettes, little, maybe? Vi- yeah, well, it's like, the idea behind this was that it would be a variety show, which was a common thing at the time, right? And so, it's basically weird little ham-handed segues into different variety show segments um all of which are boring and bad um and the in-between stuff is also uh boring and bad so the whole thing is as it turns out really really boring and bad and um the only real input from george lucas on this is the wookie plot framing device thing of like this is what it should be about if you guys are going to make a christmas special it should be about this wookie holiday that i've made up and they're like great george we'll do it um but it's just it's just horrible though and like there's no subtitling for the wookies they just growl at each other in tree look the whole time and we don't know what they're saying and there's there's like at times minute long minutes long segments where they're just growling at each other um it's, it's we we it's painful don't know what they're saying and the stu- the sections where we do have uh, English speaking characters responding to them, it's the worst version of that. Is what I said to you, right? It's mm-hmm. like the um, it's like the lassie Second type well. thing, yeah. Where there's no nuance to it. I was saying, like, if you think back to the original trilogy, there's some good stuff there. Of like, oh, you understand most of what Chewbacca is saying largely. We don't know what he said word for word, and that's okay because we don't speak Shrewook. But when he says something, Han sort of repackages it in such a way that we go, Oh, I understand. I get what he said. Yeah. You know, and there's some really good versions of that. There's, you know, like fly casual, right? Like that's a fun one. Um, that whole exchange is like a thing where they're talking back and forth. It's just Han and Chewie talking. We don't know exactly what Chewie's saying, but you get the gist, right? Yeah. Um this is not that. This is like the worst version of that that you get sometimes in the in some of the younger Star Wars stuff of like like some of the cartoons and things where it's a little bit more ham-handed again because you deal with kids where it's just like luke's on the video screen right and he's like ma where's chewbacca and she's like and he's like wait he hasn't arrived home yet but it's (laughs) what do you mean to say he hasn't arrived home yet but it's he's not gonna be there in time for life day it's like you mean to tell me that he you expected him to be home three hours ago (laughs) oh dear he fell down the well out of town on the outskirts of town he's stuck he's stuck come on the old abandoned well like it's just that and it's horrible um I don't know. The variety segments are again just really boring and uninteresting and it's like I I I do have to wonder if part of this is like we're trying to as a modern audience, right, watch it and like maybe that's not strictly fair cuz I'm sure most of these variety show type things from this era would be uninteresting to me. Um so I would but but we also know it was universally panned at the time. So I think these segments were also uninteresting to them. Like I think this is just a poorly done version of a variety show. Of it all. Of yeah, I think it's a poorly done version of it all anyways. Um which is it's just yeah. It's really bad, it's, man. It's it, it's <laughs> incomprehensibly bad. Uh some standout bad parts, I would say, to me at least, is the cooking segment where um the wife of Chewbacca, Mara Mara? Mala, um, is making dinner or whatever the hell, and uh, a cook is on screen. A Julia Childs esque cooking segment appears, and it's about Bantha, uh-huh. which doesn't make any goddamn sense because Bantha is from an outer rim desert, horrible planet 
Why would they ship it to Kashyyyk, a planet full of forests and, what do you know, probably other things to eat? But it was the Sorry. second Star Wars thing ever, which is uh, which is very strange. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. Uh, so they just went, well, that's a thing they've said. We're not going to make anything. We're not going to do any work. We're, we're not going to try. We're just going to use shit that we've already been told, and who cares? So what, what results is that this alien is forearmed, which is I think is the bit or something, but it's, that's the bit, it's a yeah. man dressed as a woman, also kind of doing blackface, maybe? Yeah, I guess they're like an alien, yeah. right? But they're, yeah, I mean, that's how it looks to yeah, us as humans. Like a, yeah, so it's like... Especially before you realize they have four arms, because that's like a reveal later in the segment. They are just using two arms for most of it. And then and then you pull out the extra arms, you're like, oh, it's an alien, I guess. But yeah, prior to that, it's um the actor's name is Harvey Corman, who is was, I believe, famous at the time. Doesn't really mean anything to it, me did, now. Did he but... never work again after this? Because I hope so. No, nah, I think he did. Uh, this is he was on the Carol Burnett show. Um, don't know that. He won six. He received six Emmy Award nominations. So I guess he was all really for good this at segment. It. Wow, impressive. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, oh, he's in. Um, he's in Blazing Saddles. He, oh, he is. He's the villain. Huh. So this says, yeah, good on him. So that was that's pretty awful. That's especially terrible. Uh, there's also the. Oh, he's also the guy who drinks through the hole in his head. Is he later on? Huh. Yeah. There you go. Wow. So that's another segment. There's like a weird... Again, the framing devices are very clunky and very bad and don't really make any sense. Um, where it's Tatooine and it's the cantina and they're like, there's a new curfew in effect. And so BR3, who is running the cantina, has to get everyone out. She sings a little song um, to get everyone out of the cantina. Um, there's a segment where Itchy is watching like a VR thing where... Um, the lady just Diane, talks to him? Diane Carroll... Who is like a? She was also a famous actress lady at the time. She's like talking to him all sexy like, which is weird, because um, he's a Wookiee and she's a human-looking woman. And he's real old. And he's real. He's a real old Wookiee, which doesn't even make sense. Um, and it's gross and upsetting to me. <laughs> what else we got? Um, we got the weird bit where that guy's in a shop talking to the Imperial. Then yeah, Mala yeah. calls him and he's doing like code talk. He's like. Yes, your carpet will be here soon. It was made by hand. Huh? But the guy they have being the Imperial, just like a star, as a Death Star uh, technician or whatever the fuck, and he never speaks. All his lines are 80 yard in when the camera is not facing his head. So it's like, why didn't you just have him speak the lines? I, I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I don't know. They did it a fair bit in Star Wars. Um, for when George Lucas did or didn't want someone to have a British accent. Um, that happens sometimes. I don't know why it would apply to this, though. Maybe it was that thing. Maybe it was an American actor and they wanted him to have a British accent. I guess I just like, yeah. I guess I just explained it. <laughs> but <laughs> because he's imperial. Um, but yeah, goofy. And that's also a whole bit where he's like, look at these weird little products. You want a pocket aquarium? This Star Wars thing of a pocket aquarium? Haha. <laughs> Um, probably the most notable thing of it all is that at one point, um, which again, doesn't make sense in the context of this at all, but at one point Lumpy, like to distract him, they're like, Hey, go watch your cartoon Lumpy or whatever. Right. And he watches a cartoon, um, and it's called the faithful Wookiee, which is actually available on Disney plus. Actually, if if you, you can watch that, it's one of the only elements of this at all that survives, um, to the modern day. In, 
Officially. in a form that you can watch officially because this uh, special was never actually rebroadcast or released in any kind of home video format, anything ever. So the only way you can watch it is through pirated copies, essentially. I mean, pirate is maybe a strong word for it, but I, I suppose it's what it is, right? Yeah. It's just people who ported it, like literally VHS um, or DVR'd it, whatever, at the time and still have it and then have digitized those and put them on YouTube and stuff. Um, but so this is like a little story, um, which is why it doesn't make sense because it's like, what the fuck is he watching? Right? Like how, what, what is this? Yeah. What, why does this exist in universe as a thing that he can watch, but whatever. It's a little story about, um, the Millennium Falcon crashes and Luke and R2 and C3B go like, Oh, we got to go save Chewie. He's acting all strange. Um, but he's got, there's like a sleeping virus and, they get the cure for this Imperial sleeping virus thing and Boba Fett's there. Um, and he's like, I'm your, I'm your friend, Luke. You gotta be, it's dangerous here. I'm your friend though. It's going to be sick. I'm going to beat this animal with a stick. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of animal abuse. That's how you know I'm the bad guy even before I reveal it. Um, but then they realize like, Oh my God, he's evil. It turns out Boba Fett's a bad guy. Mm, yeah. And that's it. Um, he talks to Darth not- Vader. He's like, Darth Vader, I got him. I'm his right hand man. But they don't do a fight at the end or anything. He just leaves. Uh, he just leaves, and that's just kind of it. It's it's actually quite strange. Um, it's I I remembered it being a, a little bit better even than it was. I don't know why. I should have known. <laughs> but yeah, even that's kind of nothing. Again, it's maybe the best part of this whole thing, and it's nothing. Tom's um, got a really weird face. Doesn't open his eyes all the way. Very strange face. It's it is probably most notable. This is the first appearance of Boba Fett in anything ever, and. Yeah, and he only got better, right? He went went from doing weird shit and not making any sense in the story to just kind of standing around doing nothing. But he's like, I mean he's he did get better. That's true. He did get a little bit better. I'll give him that yeah. at least. What did they about Lumpy? Well yeah. But then we talked about the B. Arthur thing, and then uh they they show up. Chewie and Han arrive. Um Han throws a stormtrooper off their balcony to his death. <laughs> and then they call him and go, Hey, is that guy around still? I I don't we didn't we don't have a comic. They're like he actually and ran away and left. <laughs> and the traitor, yeah, the traitor guy's just like, actually, he robbed us and took all our supplies and just ran away into the forest. Probably, you'll probably never find him. And the imperial officer guy's just like, oh, all right, if you say so. <laughs> Drap. It's like, why on earth would you believe him? That's the most nonsense excuse I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Like, why is that? Like, oh yeah, he just he just mutinied real quick. He like he's a deserter. What? He's going to try to make it on his own in the Kashyyyk jungle. I mean, I guess they're used to it. They're like, oh, yeah, we do run a horrible, terrible, oppressive regime. So <laughs> we get runners pretty much weekly. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> but uh, bizarre. And then they um, but then they, they gather at the Tree of Life where all the Wookiees gather with their candles and their weird red robes. And Leia's there, too, now. And um, she sings a song. Because she wanted to. to, those, to the Star she wanted to. The, to. She insisted, actually. Um. And she sings a song to uh, the the tune of the Star Wars main theme, which is absurd, <laughs> uh, because that also kind of implies that the Star Wars main theme ex- is a piece of music that exists. Yeah, they can in... just like copyright. It's like oh, it's not copyright. It's it's fair use. Um, and and there's like some clips of the original movie of of uh, A New Hope or Star Wars, as it was simply known then. Yeah. And Chewie's like, oh, I remember my adventures in Star Wars. <laughs> And we were both like, "Oh man, wish wish we'd watch that uh, movie." Yeah, we should just watch a um, New Hope and been like, "This is this is a great movie." It's a great movie that very much holds up to this day. I would I would say uh, this uh, does not. James Earl Jones in it, um, technically, um, in like a 
cutaway where they just use B-roll footage. I don't even maybe B-roll something, but they just use a clip from A New Hope and then they just um, cut it between his voice over the top. And he's like, get those rebels. Um, and that's so they could put him in the credits, I guess. But he really doesn't do anything. Yeah. R2-D2 is just R2-D2. They don't reference the guy in the suit. Yeah, which to be fair, I don't even know. It, let's see. I'll, I'll check right here. I'm looking at the thing. He, he might. Oh, no. Kenny Baker was not involved in the special. It was just a radio controlled unit. So I guess oh. um, I guess you can't actually hold that against him then. Oh, this is fun. Um, this is actually the first time James Earl Jones is actually credited as the voice of Darth Vader because I don't know if you know this, but he was uncredited in Star Wars. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he he was like, ah, it's barely even a role. You don't even have to credit me, because <laughs> you know he's like he's like an old school, properly trained actor guy. Yeah. So he was like, I'm just gonna record some dialogue for like an hour. You know, you know, like Paul Bettany doing Iron Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dr- like he didn't actually do that much work for the original Star Wars. I mean, Darth Vader doesn't talk that much, right? Mm-hmm. It probably took him like an afternoon to do all his lines. <laughs> and then it was the biggest movie ever. It's one of the biggest franchise of all time, and he's made him millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Um, we also got like Jefferson Starships there we didn't mention. Um, the, one of the first little bits you get is a weird like Cirque du Soleil type thing, but like really, a really, really, really bad version. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's on like a hollow deck thing that Lumpy's watching. And it's like, what is going on? And I said to you, I was like, the only thing that's like novel about this at all is the fact that they are doing the hologram effect because otherwise it's just nothing right oh yeah absolutely it's nothing. just like it's just like a mediocre show I, I i was like this might be interesting to see in person if there was people like five feet in front of me doing this i'd be like oh wow this is impressive but just seeing it recorded it's and then played back to me is like a thing it's like i don't think it's good enough for that oh not at all no offense to those people but uh yeah that's about it yeah. Okay. So, so let's let's talk about some of the few things that I find. I don't want to say good, but I'll say interesting about this. Okay. Um, as you as you alluded to there, I do find it fascinating that this is the second, uh, excluding um, excluding the comic books, right? Right. The Marvel comic books that were still being released at this time that were released, um, you know, prior to and up through the release of A New Hope and and uh, yada yada. Um, excluding those, this is like the second piece of star Wars thing um, ever. I think there's probably some novelizations and nonsense, but you get, you get what I mean. Like video release. Yeah. Certainly the second piece of on-screen. Yeah. Thing ever. Um, And I do think it's interesting if only for that reason, like as like a time capsule kind of thing. Um, Like we said, they're not super adventurous with it. As a result, they mentioned Bantha's like four different times. And it's like, I guess you guys just can't even imagine like thinking up a new creature to just name, mm-hmm. um, which everyone since was okay with that, right? Like everyone who's ever written a Star Wars book makes up a man alien monster thing or whatever. Like it's it's weird that they couldn't conceive of that. They just do one, mm-hmm. like just a single one. But I don't know. I mean, the the writers of this uh, make their uh, ability pretty clear, I suppose. Mm-hmm. With you know, well, with all of it, so. <laughs> Maybe they weren't capable of uh, thinking that up, but if only for that, I do think it's kind of weird and interesting. Of like, yeah, look at this, and and some of the stuff in this has endured. Um, I would think that the aesthetic of Kashyyyk was based on this because I mean, the way the tree houses look in Revenge of the Sith are almost identical. It's mostly the same, yeah. so it's like either that's a weird, bizarre coincidence, or it's just they were like, yeah, good enough. Um, so that's kind of neat. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really that applies to. I would say largely not. If anything, it's mostly the opposite, right? That like 
a lot of the stuff is abandoned mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, there's no pocket aquariums. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's right? insane. There's no weird like, like multi-tool cleaning device. No, and it, and it, again, it's clear because the writers of this don't really have a handle on like what what make what made Star Wars what it was really right mm-hmm. and and again as only the second piece of star wars thing ever like it didn't have a concrete identity like that you know so it kind of makes it, like it's easy for us to be like nah like oh no that's you know that's star wars and that's not and like what is and isn't and, and what does and doesn't fit into the whole kind of um, universe of it yeah but at the time that wasn't nearly as clear so it's just kind of interesting like they repeatedly reference um what do they call them vid screens or something yeah yeah, yeah. All screens, some some shit like that, which is like a very much a sci-fi thing of the day. Like it's what they have in like 1984 and um, Fahrenheit 451 and shit. Of like, yeah, your walls will just be screens. Um, but Star Wars isn't that kind of universe, really. No. Um, and they weren't. They clearly weren't clear on that yet. Uh, they didn't use their holograms because Empire hadn't come out yet, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it's just bad. It's re- it really is. Like, and I remember I had I thought very much the same as you, Jack, before I'd seen it. Of like, all right, everyone says it's bad, but they're all probably being a bit like, haha, right? Like, how bad could it really be, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some redeeming qualities to it, but no, it really is just bad. And it's I guess the real thing about it is that m- the majority of it isn't very Star Warsy at all. Yeah, there's not much to to interest a star wars fan here and that's probably its biggest sin <laughs> absolutely and my mom was telling me that um she remember she's like obviously she was alive when this happened when it came out she was young so she wanted to like it a lot because she obviously as everyone else did loved star wars and like the new hope she's like and she's like yeah i really wanted to like it but it's just so bad we just turned it off it's just like not good yeah it's it's terrible mark hamill's recovering from his car accident in this he is that's a, He's really got some makeup kicked on. It's either they were bad at doing the makeup or they didn't know how to do it properly for TV or to cover up the accident or probably some combination of it all. Mm. But he looks bizarre in this. He looks like a wax person. (laughs) He does. He really does. He's got one of the most like positive sort of um, stances on it all, which is like, I don't think it's that bad, probably. (laughs) Whereas like, you know, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford will hate it or whatever if you even try to make it. If you breathe in destruction, he'll kill you with his hands. Exactly. Oh, this is fun. The program, are you ready for this yeah. The program was seen in Canada on CTV on the same evening as the CBS broadcast. Toronto CTV station CFTO TV aired the program at 7 p.m., an hour earlier than seen on the nearest American outlet, WIVB TV in Buffalo, New York. Hey, that's fun. We get mentioned in the fucking Wikipedia article, and that's that's nice. That's what I appreciate. Maybe it was worth it. Oh, this is funny. Prior to the specials, Aaron Kenner had considered creating a toy line based on the special. The project was canceled because of the unpopularity of the special. Several prototype fig- several prototype versions of the figures are known to have been created, depicting Chewbacca family, and uh, seem to be simply modifications of the officially released Chewbacca figure. How nice! I, I really want. I, I would. I want to put an itchy action figure. His toothless maw. His walking stick. <laughs> Seven Hasbro released a Boba Fett action figure using the likeness from the cartoon entitled Boba. Um, actually, it the sort of look of Boba Fett in this is not. It's not what he looks like, right? In no. um, Empire, it's because they were still tweaking it. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but originally Boba Fett was going to be all white, just like a super stormtrooper. That's and what I've heard. Changed, yeah. 
and then they changed it and they were like he should be a he'll be a guy then they're like i guess he'll be a bounty hunter guy so they're they're kind of tweaking it and, and stuff at this stage um but that is the same look that he has in the star wars droids um show right right which is, which is kind of fun is that sort of color scheme so are they making another droids show yeah yeah whatever it is so we talked about it i think yeah we must have um, oh, also, oh, this is a thing. Um, Boba Fett's weapon in this—it's like a weird pronged fork thing. But it's fork. It's what the Mandalorian's weapon is based on. His, oh yeah, um, it is the the vaporizer thing, right? Yeah, his pulse rifle. That's a fun thing. That's one of the more, I guess, substantial contributions. Yeah. Well, and the creature that um, like goes up to grab the razor crest in the very first episode of the Mandalorian, and then. Din zaps it with the pulse thing. Yeah, it's that it's that dinosaur creature thing that Boba Fett's riding. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just trying to see. Well, here's a bunch of reviews. Horrible. Um, no, oh, this is the thing. Uh, James Gunn apparently said that this was a big inspiration for the holiday, the Guardians holiday special. Um, which is bizarre because the Guardians special is so much more coherent and good. Yeah. Um, like. And not an hour and a half long. Not a variety show. Right. The most... the I mean, there's two songs in it, right? And it has those animated-esque cutaway things, but that's the extent of it. Yeah, that's the beginning and end of the similarities. Nothing really of, of note beyond that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so it's not, it's not really like a variety show or really similar to this at all, but I don't know. There you go. Um, I was trying to, f- I'm, I'm trying to find the Mark Hamill quote, but it's not really important. Yeah, it's probably, it's bad. Don't watch it. Save yourself the trouble. Like I said, he was more positive on, he's, he's, he's really is a pretty positive guy. He tries to put that kind of spin on most things. They keep it on the up and up. But I can't find it. It's not important. Like I said, he, um, I think he was like, I don't think it's that bad guys. Come on. <laughs> it is though, Mark. I'm sorry. It just is. Um, do go on to this, uh, the, the historical sort of report podcast, do go on. Mm-hmm. They did a episode on the holiday special and he gets much more into the behind the scenes stuff of it all and the production side and who was involved and, and all that. So, um, after you listen to this, you can go listen to them. Yeah. If but you're I into that, finish this one. We're not done if yet. If you're into that, then, then you could get more details on it. But yeah, it's, yeah. You got anything else to add about it? Uh, no. Perfect. I think the thing to end on here, Jake, is that um, George Lucas once said that uh, if he could find every copy of it, he would smash it with a hammer. God bless him for that. And then he still made the Phantom Menace. So let's take a take out of this. Uh, into our final Christmas extravaganza, whatever the fuck this is. Black Mirror, uh, White Christmas... Episode four of season two could have said a little bit better, but I won't. So yeah, this was pretty good. This is probably the best of the three that we watched, in my opinion. It's not yeah. super about. Not all of it's about Christmas. Half of it's about Christmas, uh, which is both halves are Christmassy related. They both have Christmas elements. Okay, first and foremost, you want to talk about Black Mirror just generally. So yeah, I don't think we've ever really brought it up on the show, um, but it is a it is a show that I've seen uh, quite a bit of. Mm-hmm. Um, for the uninitiated, it's basically like um, a sci-fi show, uh, which is like it's just about like kind of speculating on the potential pitfalls of of like modern technology, right? Yeah, or even like 
you know, post like futuristic type, like the path that we're on sort of thing um, of like, you know, what if, what, what could happen kind of thing. And like, what if we were all phones or whatever? You get it. Um, yeah. Technology is bad. And here are the ways it can be bad. And it can be bad. And it's sometimes bad. And like, if we keep going and we get chips in our brains or whatever, it'll be even worse. And you're like, yeah, yeah probably. Um, and it varies between stuff that is set pretty firmly in the current day of like things that could happen with existing technology or even like pretty far flung future type things where it's, it's steps beyond, but it's all, um, it's all consistent that it's about technology. Um, and yeah, usually near to distant sort of dystopian futures as a result of, um, and so white Christmas, the basic premise of it the basic tech thing because that's kind of how you can sum them all up right of like this is the episode with the blank thing this is the episode mm-hmm. with the fucking brain chips or whatever they well they're almost all brain chips <laughs> yeah uh the gist of this one is that you have things in your eyes um that i, I don't know i think they probably function kind of like google glass or whatever the fuck but they're just built in right yeah um but maybe those could go wrong what if those? What if bad things happen because of those two? And it's also the they they'll make a copy. They'll they'll do a Westworld. Yeah. So basically, it opens with we've got uh, what's he called? John Hamm. God bless him. Another actor whose name I don't know. Let's but see. I've seen him in things for sure. His name. Uh, Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall. That's his oh. weird name. He was in Fallen Kingdom. What was he in Fallen Kingdom? I don't know, Jack. Huh. Interesting. There you go. Um, anyways. And they're in like this like some kind of Arctic research station type place in the middle of nowhere, and they're like, Hey, it's Christmas. Let's have some let's have breakfast. Let's talk. We never talk. It's been five years and you're all distant. How did, how did you end up here in this horrible, desolate place? Why would you end there and then that's what they do? Um and John Ham's like, I used to do this thing where I would try to help dudes get dates um and so i'd link up to their thing and i would see through their eyes and so i would coach them through you know interactions with girls and stuff to try to help them uh be more successful and he describes this one where it went wrong because uh this dude ends up with this girl who is uh mentally ill and yeah, killed uh, mentally yeah disturbed and she sees him talking to himself which is to the you know to the the dudes who are trying to help him with his date here and she thinks he's he's got voices in her head like she does and because uh john ham constantly tells this guy to basically like yes and the whole way through you know like agree and amplify mm-hmm. um she thinks he's all on board with it and eventually it gets to the stage where she's like so we're gonna kill ourselves together right and he's like wait what uh, but it's too late and she yeah, does and she gets him force feeds him a poison drink and, and he, he dies dies right there so that's dies watches it happen they all kind of watch so that's john ham's crime but his uh, his day job that was like his hobby his day job was doing this thing um where you can voluntarily decide to um get a little chip thing put in your head and then it stays in there for a week and it like um the idea is it makes a really really good copy of your brain and they can take it out and now they have a basically a digital yeah copy of your consciousness and then they can put it in like an Alexa. Um, and <laughs> oh, now you've yeah. got like a perfect Alexa because it's literally a little you in there who knows exactly what, what you like 
and how you like it and everything like perfectly. So it's the perfect like digital assistant, right? Mm. The best one you could ever ask for. But it's horrible because it's that's a conscious like being. sentient being that's in there. Um, so it's really it's kind of bad. Yeah, it's not just like here's your brain is code like with an algorithm. It's just here's a little digital like a Cortana, but it it doesn't it knows it's it doesn't understand that it's not you. It still thinks it's this it's a lot it's real again it's real kind of like westworld like what is it really you is it the real ship of theseus mm-hmm. if it was a if the ship was a chip in your head oh yeah and john ham is like all right we're gonna teach you how to do this and the woman well i guess now it's it's, it's where i talk about the digital version of this woman who like asked for the service is like what what's got what's happening i don't understand and he's like well you're a robot you're just a bunch of code you don't, you're not real, as as we understand, like physical. So you're just gonna do all this shit. She's like, I don't want to do that. I want to be like a human, a person, like because I think that I am. He's like, all right, well, guess we gotta do it the hard way. See, I feel for three weeks, and he can dilate the time for her, so she experiences time differently. So he clicks a button and like put, turns a dial, and like in ten or fifteen seconds, a bunch of days have passed for her, and he comes back in, and she thinks three weeks have gone by, and she hasn't seen him, and she like freaks out. And then she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I really don't want to do this. And he's like, all right, fine. Sit here for six months. And he does it. And she's like, all right, fine. Like, I need to do something, please. There's nothing in this empty white void I live in. I need some kind of stimulus. And so she's kind of like broken, just like going through her day and kind of watching herself live a life that she understands. It's a lot of, it's pretty fucked. Oh, yeah. Um, And so then the other guy's half of it, the, his, his story is that he, um, it's basically it's just a more straightforward like relationship type thing where he just had this long term girlfriend and um then she got pregnant and she didn't want to keep the baby and it caused uh this strife with their relationship. And um you can do this thing with the eye implants where if you want to, if you're upset with someone, um you can block them, but not just on your phone or whatever. Um you can block them in real life with the eye thing so that you can prevent them from literally seeing or hearing you and mm. uh, and vice versa. So that whoever's really pissing you off, you just turn them off for a minute, which, um, yeah, seems seems horrible. seems like people would definitely abuse the shit out of that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and that's what happens is that she, as a result of this big fight they get into, um, she just um, mutes him forever. Um, and he's he eventually re- learns that she she's to continue with the pregnancy and then I eventually gives birth and then she has a child um, and he thinks it's his and all and um, eventually she she dies in a train crash oh yeah and when you die the block goes away the block goes away and so then he meets the the daughter who he believes is his daughter and he realizes that um, he was not the father and that she had I guess cheated on him during the relationship and he gets into this scuffle with the the girl's grandfather, um, where he, in his like confusion and anger and frustration, and all this, he bludgeons him with a snow globe and kills him. And then um, the little girl like is left alone. He just like leaves her. He just doesn't even think about it and he just fucking goes. And so yeah. she's all on her own, and her grandpa's dead. Um, and she tries to get help herself and dies. And so um, the kind of reveal of the whole episode is that the um, the whole research thing right is just a simulation and um 
he's not actually real at all. He's just one of those copies that you can make of someone's brain. Mm. And they put him in this simulation for the purpose of John Hamm trying to get a confession out of him for the murder. And then I guess he's also culpable, obviously, for the death of the young girl. girl. <laughs> and then he is. And they uh, they get him. They're like, you're going you're going away for a long time, big boy. Yeah. And uh, John, if we're doing this, John Ham's like, "All right, I did your thing. I did your dirty work. Now let me free." And I'm like, "All right, you don't have to go to prison, but we're putting you on the sex offenders list. Uh, so you're blocked from everyone forever. And not only that, you're have, you're like because when you're blocked, you can't. When people see you, instead of like a gray blurry thing, it's a big red blurry thing to like show yeah. that you're dangerous. Oh, which is uh, no wait, which is like what." So you just kill them. You just sentence him to like die of star- starvation, perhaps, or not starvation, but like what? What is he gonna do? I, no, honestly, starvation is probably a valid concern. <laughs> yeah, because you can't buy food. You can't buy food in prison from anyone. Yeah, I guess. I guess in the future they pro. I mean, we can order food now, so I guess you do that for. But I don't know how he'd get a job. Yeah, you think whatever his income he had would dry up pretty quickly when you? Yeah, any of that wife. Well, he didn't have any wife well, anymore. But. Not anymore, but probably pay something from that or something. I don't. Well, it's implied that he has a. Uh, a it's implied he has a daughter as well, right? Oh, right. Yeah, because he's or a child, child, I guess. That he doesn't that he can't see either. Hmm. Uh but yeah, uh, that's that's just how it ends. It's just like, ah, oh, we got your ass, John Ham, and then they take the copy of the other guy's brain and they just put it in there for like a million years or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they like make it a thousand years every second. Or every minute or something. Something, something absolutely absurd like and that. They're and they're like, like, leave it on, leave for, it on Christmas. for Christmas. <laughs> and, and they also play the song that was playing when he killed that guy, hit um, his girlfriend's father. They played that song infinitely. And it seems like, and obviously, it's playing for thousands of years for him, so he can't escape it. So he tries to break the device it's like a radio is coming out of, and every time he breaks it, a new one appears, and it seems to get louder. Mm-hmm. So he's just like literally driven insane this version of him which like it's it's weird because they're like well, that's a fitting punishment for him but it's like like i said these is like did but did this version of him do it he's just a copy so he didn't do it did he do anything but also why is that a miscible confession a confession usable in court because again the main guy didn't give it it was kind of taken from him without his consent and like he was tricked it's it's, a, it's it's a very, I yeah, mean, obviously it's dystopia, but it's wild. In a good, in a functioning system, you would think that wouldn't happen. You wouldn't be able to just be like, yes, your honor, we took a copy of his brain and the copy of his brain after we tortured it, kind of, um, it confessed to the crime. So we're going to take that as a confession. Then he did it. I think that shouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, that should be probably wrong. Cause you're bringing also, though, like, <clears throat> you know, John Ham's punishment is seemingly handed out extrajudicially. The cops are just like, yeah, you're on the registry. Get out of here, punk. That doesn't seem correct either, though, in a normal society, does it, right? Yeah, it feels like also they didn't tell him the what what actually releasing him means. They're like, you said I could be free. And they're like, mm, did we? And then the lady's like, well, we, yes, we, you are getting that. But there's some caveats. And even he's like, what do you mean? You didn't tell me that? I, if they were, if they were probably, probably wouldn't have done it. And he's like, well, feels like I'm not really getting anything out of this. Um, but yeah, this is... As far as episodes of Black Mirror goes, um, I would say this is actually kind of light on the technology of it all. It's kind of just that, like, you have a bunch of people who are kind of shitty people in variously shitty situations, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where it's just a little bit like exacerbated by the technology stuff, right? Like the ability to block people means that none of these people actually have to meaningfully communicate with their um, people in their lives. <laughs> and yeah, so it just get rid of them. Just compounds. Like we, we talked about uh, before we started recording here, like they're, um, th- this guy's like spiral that he gets into here. If like, I need to see her and he's, and he's sneaking away every year to like try to catch glimpses of her at Christmas and all this, that wouldn't have happened if she wasn't able to block him. Um, it obviously wouldn't solve every aspect of the relationship. Like, her infidelity and all but it would mean that she would have to sooner or later just like but like you know likely come come clean with him and just explain what had happened and everything and so it would allow him some closure at least presumably whereas the scenario he gets is just that he not knowing creates this spiral for him and he just gets further further and it's like oh it's probably this and that and this and i yeah it amplifies oh, uh, yeah it just gets worse um but you like the John Hamm one is like that's vaguely doable now. Like maybe without video, but if you were if you were desperate enough, you could do a thing where like you're like you've got a guy coaching you, yeah, coaching you through a social situation like that, right? It's not like super far fetched in terms of the technology, mm-hmm. and that's just a bizarre scenario where a, a woman is crazy and poisons you. So not really his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of interesting that I mean, I, I, I guess the simulation thing is is the next step of that's definitely the most sort of the biggest stretch, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of this episode. Most science fictiony, yeah, for sure. But um, it's not strictly like that. That again, that side of it is kind of just evil in and of itself. The whole like you can make a copy of your a sentient copy of yourself to be your Alexa. That is pretty. You know, it's just like oh yeah, no, that's just bad. Mm, yeah, it's just horrible like, and terrible. The eye things is like, oh yeah, this is just people using it badly, <laughs> mm. which is a handful of them. Like the the kind of similar one. There's one where your eyes record everything, and you can like look at them all. Um, you, you can play back all your memories basically. And this dude gets obsessive over his wife, and he's like in a interaction they have with another guy, and he's like, are you into that guy? And he he you know gets obsessed over it, and because he had the ability to like actually play back, he's like looking at these seemingly sort of like significant details yeah but because you can just play it over and over it's not even just in your head though which i think people do already right Mm. you can it's kind of anxieties and stuff it's like you can tend to overanalyze things but when you literally have it there and you can play it like a goddamn movie yeah there's you can't you can't even like you have the unbiasing of memory where you focus on a part and it warps it every time it's just like well here's it unbiasedly as it happened in its entirety um just kind of sort of thing but um i got a i got the wikipedia page for black mirror brought up here and um charlie booker who is the creator and he writes a lot of it or he wrote a lot of it. i don't know he might not continue to write them as much um but he said the idea is that um he aims to explore the way we might be living in 10 minutes time which basically to say like obviously the near future right that like mm. we're kind of again we are kind of on the cusp of some of these things and the implication they can have and i mean it's not to get too like in, into the weeds here about it but like you know it's undeniable that certain aspects of our our current technological existence right there's definitely drawbacks to even just like social media and stuff and our yeah having everything yeah plugged into all that and that that's another episode and stuff kind of but uh yeah the the i wouldn't say the show is strictly like anti-technology right mm. it's um it's probably more just like a little bit critical with like the unending march of 
progress and technology yeah. without proper like criticism and like stuff. like what ian malcolm says in jurassic park you you do you're so worried about if you can you don't really you don't think about if you should yeah there's no it's just un unrestricted unbound no discipline yeah exactly they they you know it's kind of most of these episodes are like let's exaggerate to yeah a sort of extreme degree some aspect of of modern technology and like how how much how worse could it how much worse could it possibly get sort of mm-hmm. thing um but yeah uh, overall did you enjoy this this episode uh, yeah I, I definitely did uh i think uh, it's kind of funny i don't know if this is a reference but when john ham asks the other guy to guess his job the first one of his first guesses is marketing advertisement which i took as a reference to his time as don draper and Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Which I hope, which was a fun little reference, but overall I, I enjoyed it. I liked how uh, it slowly comes apart, like the simulation, like this. It slowly transitions into like the house that he killed the grandfather in, to like yeah. slowly kind of bring him up into it with the clock and everything. When you start to notice a lot of details, I always like that. Um, but yeah, it was just classic Black Mirror. I mean, I have this is the only Black Mirror episode I've ever watched, but you know, technology is bad, and here's a horrible thing being done to a person for a crime they probably committed that's also a not insignificant part of them is some guy does someone does a bad thing and technology punches them in maybe a very cruel way mm. um so yeah I, I, I enjoyed it all the way around probably the best christmas thing we watched for this episode it's the most um like upsetting one though i would say oh absolutely well star wars is pretty upsetting i was pretty upset watching that right but it it's um it's definitely the most like grim sort yeah. of definitely not happy in the slightest like it's not very Christmassy. How does this one track on being an actual Christmas thing for you? Um, I would not say it's a Christmas thing. Yeah, it's it's largely could be set anytime. Yeah, anytime because it could be set around like her birthday. It'd be like we always went to her dad's house on her birthday. Like it's any any time, any like celebrate and like. Well, the first thing also is that they're crashing Christmas parties. Remember, office Christmas parties. Oh right, yeah, I forgot about that. I guess that part, but even then, that's not really integral. Yeah. I guess well, that's John Hamm's crime, but realistically, you can you could, you could just be like, oh, we meet him at a bar because you can tweak that very easily. But no, I, under my definition, I don't think this counts as a as a Christmas thing. I guess piece of media. Well, there you go. Well, there we go. Well, that was that was our Christmas section for the year. All right, if if you, next year when we do Christmas things, if barring the end of the world or or the end of our show, whichever comes first. Uh, hoping for the world one maybe tell us what Christmas you want us to watch and we'll talk about them next year we're gonna move on to our one non-christmas part i can take out of this into willow episode five the wild wood right mm-hmm. yes so this was episode picks up right where we leave off well not right where we leave off but around there um, the gang's being chased by the bird lady and the big ogre guy with the cage in his head uh, and then when they're running through this open ruined area they find this wooded area the wild wood and was like going in there fellas and it's like enchanted and it can make you like forget your like passion and you like drive and make you kind of lax so you have to be say vigilant uh, they run to the bone reavers who killed oh not kit what's her name jade jade's family quote we what we've been told uh and she really broke them about that and Borman used to run with them so there's a lot of going on there and they capture all of them and start interrogating them from what they know um we have some reveals um jade is revealed to be a bone runner that she was taken from her family and the leader is her sister 
there's a bit of reunion there, and they all have fun and party. And the character. What her dad is. Um. Oh, her dad is the guy, the general from the from the movie. Yeah. Who met um, Marty and kills. Hmm. And what else? We meet the brownie again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Gruel or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a daughter. He just lives with them. That's fun. I was very happy to see him again. Yeah, I was wondering if he's gonna stick around, but I was like, ah, probably not. Like you've got him, the guy we don't have to do uh, special effects for, so let's leave it there. General Kale is his name. Yeah, um, I thought this was interesting. This this whole twist that Jade is a uh, yeah is one of the Bone Reavers or whatever. Um, I don't know though. I, I'm not sure how how much the whole like attempt to humanize the Bone Reavers and General Kale and stuff resonates with me because I'm like he's he is pretty pretty evil, right? Like, oh yeah, unapologetically so. Yeah, it's hard to imagine a more stereotypical evil kind of character in a fantasy thing. It's he's presented as being pretty uncomplicated in his uh, evilness, just like Bathmorda, right? Yeah, like he's all on board with the child murder, and he kills her. He kills. He's the one I think who kills her mom and the nursemaid. Like that's a pretty awful, right? Um, so I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to sympathize too much of like these. They're just different people with a different way of living. It's like, yeah, but he's like a baby murderer. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't. It is a different way to live, but how do we got to appreciate the baby murder? Why do you got to live that way? Yeah. And they're like, oh, she promised. It's because Bev Morta promised them this and then. That's why they followed her. Yeah, but when she starts asking you to murder babies, maybe that's when you're like, all right, we're just going to cut our losses here. Yeah. Maybe we may find other employment. Maybe the text break isn't what it all cards up to be. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. I mean, and also, like, you know, sins of the father and all that. Um, so, you know, maybe his, obviously Jade is pretty cool and his, her sister there isn't so bad. So it's not quite that simple, but I don't know if I, I don't know how much I buy it all. Mm-hmm. I got a quote here, um, where John Kasdan says, um, wouldn't it be interesting to just imagine for a second that the service from Kale's point of view, who, who could he have been and what could he have endured that brought him into service of this evil queen? And then maybe out of that, there was a story to be told about generations and about oppression and about why you choose certain paths to war that are surprising. Um, and like, I get that. That's interesting. It's like looking at the generational of it all. And yeah, why, why people might choose to do things, but baby murder. I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know how much of the whole, like, what if it was from his point of view? Maybe he was his own good guy. I don't know. Because that, because then we have to reach the point where he goes, I'm cool with baby murder. Again, yeah, he was cool with baby murder. So I I can only give him so much. Yeah, so much leeway. Well, there you go. It's another connection to the movie, at least, which I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. And it is also kind of like, oh, yeah, it is weird then, because, uh, yeah, that means that, um, Kit's dad killed Jade's dad, which is interesting. Yeah. And, you know, and the again, families were like, like, also, but also her grandmother, we're very close to this, her father, and they oh both yeah, were trying whole... to fight Alora. So it's a lot of a lot of connections, a lot of it's good stuff. Good I, stuff. A Borman continues to be my favorite character. He's great. He's, he's funny. Great. He's great, man. He's so funny. Uh, he's telling. Point, he's yeah. Grading about how to pick up women. He's like, let me tell you, I'm. I got, I got, I got W Riz, as the kids say. I'm, 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 women love me. Isn't that right, kid? She's like, what the fuck? You, t- what are you doing over there? He's like, see, I can't get another old Borman. Let me tell you, there's one thing they love more than anything. And hold on, I'm gonna get distracted. And he's like, what's the one thing I need to know? I like when he's, re- he's, um, recounting all the adventures and like what led him to where and why it all happened, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the things he got up to, and it's just clearly like a. Uh, 
it was one of those things where what he's describing isn't lining up with what we're seeing. Right. Yeah. He was like, yeah, they were monster. They were like this, and they made me do this, and against my will. But then it's just him like partying and stuff. He had a high in a barrel of shit, maybe. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Whatever that big barrel was they had, he yeah. was like, I mm. right in the mountain. He just hid in that thing, and he's like, these fine women. I couldn't leave them alone, and it was just a bunch of prostitutes at a bar. And just got too Good drunk, and he it. fell over. Um, we get another hint of like, did you get the did you get the armor or not? And he's like, uh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> and we still don't know what happened to Mad Mardigan. Yeah, he, interesting. We got to say that. Um, obviously, this this further cements this idea that like. This series is only taking place about 20 years after Willow, even though it's been more than that, which is weird. Uh, well, it's not weird. We've talked about why they did that. Um, but it's still just a little hard for me to swallow at times. Yeah. Um, we get more of... Uh, we get relationships moving, moving forward here, right? So, uh, in part because um, <laughs> at one point they drink... They all eat truth berries or whatever. Truth plum, I think it's called. Truth plum, which is fun. Um, so, Jade and... Uh, Kit just fully confess their feelings to one another, um, which is nice. Uh, maybe it'll make Kit stop being such a jerk because she continues to be quite a jerk in this. Yeah, it's, episode. It, luckily, um, Alora kind of gives it to her. She's like, "Shut up, man! I hate you. You suck." Fine, I guess you gotta stop, man. Like, why are you so mean? I'm just, try- I'm just trying to talk to you. She's like, "You can take Borman, kill him, or whatever. I don't even care." And it's like, "Come on, study on." Yeah, it helped you out. He talked about your dad. Um, she, she has a player of the princess card. She's like, I'm actually the princess. And Lula's like, what the fuck? This lady. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Give it a rest. Yeah. That was good. Uh, uh, Alora, he's still trying to learn magic. And Will's like, can't use this wand. It's too powerful. You gotta learn all the parts of magic. Do the magic. She's like, okay, whatever. She steals the wand. And she frees herself and Kit from prison. You know, a big explosion, which... Very useful spell. Probably should have just started spamming that. Oh, could. yeah. She's getting pretty good at her spells. Yeah. Uh, that must be part of that battle magic that he didn't want her to learn yet. Because, hey, if that's just one thing, imagine. Might be up to some Ashaman shit. Uh, Willow reveals under the under the effect of the truth plums that he really wasn't the most powerful sorcerer in the world, which it was kind of becoming apparent to us, but he just comes out right out and says it. Um, yeah. That like it's all luck and what is wisdom anyways? Which I think he's being a little hard on himself. I think that we'll come to realize that like no, like you don't have to be the best at a thing to like just in pure raw ability or whatever. When like mm-hmm. yeah, if you are making the right decisions and you and he's clearly crafty and like you know smart with the way he goes about things, that's probably worth at least as much. Willow, yeah, I mean you're pretty good at this. He's held this whole thing together so far, right? So. I mean, he can do magic. Like he, he has a correct premonition of the future. He's got a flamethrower at one point in this. Yeah, that was wild. So like, he was like, just have that. Borman's like, you, what do you have? He goes, don't worry about it. I just have it. He seems to be doing all right. Yeah, like if you got a flamethrower in a fantasy world, what else do you need? Who's gonna mess with you? Exactly. He seems to destroy like, a gun. Yeah, just make a gun. He seems to destroy one or two of those gales there. So yeah, like it seems quite effective. So. And uh, Laura's real distance from Graydon, Graydon, and Graydon's like, God, I really just want to talk to her. She's real pretty, and I want to get to know her. And Willow's like, I'm sure it'll work out, fella. I'm sure she didn't see any horrible truths about you. I'm sure she's just a little weirded out. Then she's like, I saw you kill your brother, man. What the fuck was that? She, he's like, Ah, well, thing about that is Satan made me do it. The old Satan made me do it defense. Oh yeah, she's not really buying it. Uh, I don't not think. quite, she's not like, quite. But 
which you know it's good to be skeptical even a magical world i think so yeah and a great hold up but they're it definitely does seem like that's what they're progressing towards is some kind of relationship between the two of them right he's he's got like a quite the crush on her or whatever and willow's like listen come on focus up we're busy here we got too much going on we got to save the world she doesn't have time for this um and i mean obviously we know that it's it's pretty obvious at this point right that Graydon and Kit aren't going to end up together on account no. of her being, hating him. Well, yeah, being being real mean and hating him or whatever, but also just that she is clearly, uh, they've got it. She's got a relationship there with Jade, so like that's not going to work, right? Unless they do some no. kind of throuple. I don't know. I don't know what they're about, but yeah, maybe <laughs> it's, maybe they're down for the Night Kingdom. There's no indication of that thus far, so it's like, well, maybe they'll end up together but then i it is still weird that they're going to go like pick up eric and be like yeah along the way uh, me and this guy are going to be together but i hope you don't mind he's, he, he's in this lost abandoned city and he's like what are these untold ruins i wish he's my like, girlfriend was here glad you guys got me i guess that's more important than having a girlfriend or whatever so appreciate it but now my girlfriend it turns out my girlfriend not only like broke out with me but she's also like magic magic pope magic queen yeah, she's like I mean, he professed his love to her pretty good, and they're all like, "Does you really mean that? You're a bit of a woman, woman, man kind of thing." So maybe, but also, he he seemed pretty serious about it. So he seemed down for it. Whatever, though, he'll be she'll be all right. Also, I guess it kind of makes sense, like in the sense that at the end of this, maybe she'll be queen because uh, she ought to be. <laughs> yeah, she's like the last empress. Well, it's she, like yeah, she's like the person. She's like she, the guy. So maybe she'll actually get to be queen of Terrasleen, as she probably should be. And then, so then they can reunite. They can unite the kingdoms that way instead of these pretenders, Jack. These they, these usurpers who sit the throne now. Yeah, these these a couple a real couple of Joffrey Lannisters, you know, Joffrey Baratheon, really taking over. But another thing they point out in this episode, they kind of we talk about this throughout the week, is that they're like, yeah, that queen's kind of shifty. Why would your mom lie to me about where I came from? And it's like, I don't know. Why would she, she does that a lot? She seems she, to do that she, to she lots, a lot of people about their origins. That have like maybe she's possessed by the crone, which I'm thinking is going to be the reveal. That maybe well, when they get old, she tells her, and they play it in front of every episode in like the recap thing. That scene where she's like, "Hey, Bavmorta lives in all of us. Be careful of yeah. that. Don't want your evil grandmother's going to take over your body. So maybe that'll come into into play. Perhaps that'll that'll be referenced as well. I thought. Oh, uh, you know, I I wonder if. I always thought the Brownies were gonna get their uh, the love magic dust from the movie. Oh yeah, maybe that, yeah. Maybe maybe they revealed that they gave it to Willow or whatever off screen. I feel like, like we're gonna see um, the other one later on. Which one? Uh the other brownie. What's his name? Oh, the other brownie. Frangine. Another potion. Yeah, he's going. He's south or whatever. Frangine. Because he said they went south, but isn't that where they're going? I think they're going south. Yeah, the direction they have to keep. Are they going east? Because they go out of the way to be like, he's not dead, he's just south. It's a bit of a, you know, misdirect at first, but he's not actually dead. So, yeah, probably. Probably he's going to yeah. show up again, I guess. Let's see. I'll, I'm going to Google real quick if that guy's still working. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This continues to be a fun, good time. Um, and I was I was saying, I do think it's funny how, um, it's just kind of surprising to me a little bit that like, it's, it's definitely a little bit more sort of like mature with some of the stuff it's willing to tackle. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, shit, if only f- with language, right? Absolutely. They say, they say hell and shit and stuff on the show much more than I would have ever guessed, which is kind of fun. So good on them, I guess. I mean, it's not sexual references. Yeah, there's like in- innuendo at least, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind yeah. of uncommon 
Yeah, even innuendo is uncommon in a lot of in most Disney properties. Right? I hate it to an extent. I mean, I guess Marvel is is, but I don't know. This feels somehow more more sort of kitty, or I would have guessed at least maybe just after having watched the movie. I don't know. So it's fun. I mean, it's no listen. It's no House of the Dragon or anything, but yeah, until they have like until a hor- kid has a horrible stillbirth or something, or Alora <laughs> does, or some horrible thing happens. Which I don't, I don't see happening. So I think we'll be alright. And thank God, I didn't want to watch it the first time, and boy, I, did I have to. Hmm. Yeah, well, again, anything else to say about Willow for this? I'm, week? I'm trying to think. I know I was trying. To, other than like, kid is really still abrasive. I was trying to think of what what specifically it was. There was one thing she said particular. I was like, oh my God, you're still so mean. You're still such a mean, mean person. Was it to Alora when in the cell? No, I I don't. Maybe it was. She said something to Jade, too. She's like, is mean to Jade about, like, her heritage? And then Alora's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just go talk to her and be nice. She's like, oh, shit. Am I supposed to be nice? Oh, damn. That's right. Oh, shit. Oh, I got... Wait, I'm supposed to be nice to the woman that I want to, like, kiss and stuff? What? What are you talking about? Crazy. What do you know? Dumb Baker Right, because it's... Yeah, it's back and forth between, like, yeah, I think I probably love her to just being really kind of mean. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, wait, what do you mean you didn't fight all out against me, the princess, and you, the trained knight? It's like, it seems like this ought to have been a real, a real growth moment for her here. I think that's, what it, that's what it seems. But I thought the tower had a lot of growth in it too, and apparently it didn't. Yep. So yeah, so I, I, yeah, I thought the same thing. So it's hard to say with her. But again, conflict and stories and stuff, I guess. But geez, I guess, I guess if we have to do the you know, the hero's journey and the thousand phases and Mister Campbell and his soup or whatever the fuck. They should just, like, spread it around, at least. They should make them all a little bit more mean. Or a little bit, le- like, you know? Let Borman say fuck. Yeah, oh, that's what. I, that's really what I'm getting at here, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, why do they why do they make her mean every time? Because you're just like, again, it just gives me this sense of, like, I don't like seeing her. <laughs> I don't like her, she's mean, and I, I don't want her on my screen. Yeah, I don't want her to open her mouth. All the other characters are like, yeah, you're great, I love your little dynamics, but I'm like, God, if only she just, quiet, just be a little quiet. Oh, I think it was this one. Yeah, no, you're right. It was in the cage. Is when she was like, um, she's like, listen, Jade will be all right. You guys can work it out. Like, Alora's being really nice and trying to act like genuinely help. And she's like, I, you know, I really do believe in love and it's, and it can actually wait or whatever kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, she says, I think love is the most powerful force in the universe. And she's like, oh, you think you know about love? Cause you and my brother were kissing once or whatever. Cause my brother made out with you and told you he liked you, you dumbass bitch, idiot, stupid person. <laughs> And you believed him? You think my brother even <laughs> likes you, dumb idiot person? It's you like, dumb, you silly, blonde little bitch. Fuck you. I hate you. You should die. Like, that's, I mean, we're exaggerating a little bit, but she's literally like, what? Because you, you think you know what love is because you and my brother were rolling on the, around in the grass? And it's like, why? Why do you like this kid? That's so and, aggressive for no and, reason. And luckily, Alora, because her arc is getting, you know, more confidence, is like, hey, man, fuck you. I don't need this. I hate you. You suck. She's like, oh, damn. I guess I do kind of suck, but it it she does she still manages to to get a kit to like consider her situation because she's like she's my fr- she might but she uh, she's like I don't love her she's my best friend whoa oh actually hmm, actually maybe I do want to kiss her hmm, hold on I think I suppose I am in love with her <laughs> well geez well gosh darn it guess we'll address this this episode so we finally they finally say what everyone's been thinking I suppose so. That's good. But then um, Jade's carried away by trolls. <laughs> yeah, they just get her. Get her. They no, no, kids, her. no, Kit gets her. Kit's oh, no, her. you're right. You're right. Kit is taken away by trolls. I'm sorry. You're correct. My bad. 
they don't even have a chance to smooch. They're right about to. And then Bartman's like, trolls. And then it ends. Which I love. I love the little freeze frame ends of these episodes. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I wonder There was no music though. It was completely silent. Yeah, that was that was weird. I didn't know. I didn't like that as much. I was I was ready for some fun poppy pop thing song. to play. They had a pop song at the beginning, though. Maybe that's why. Or maybe you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. I hope those trolls don't like turn inside out again. That'd be horrible. <laughs> well, that's only if Willow messes up the spell. Yeah, but it's Willow, and he's like, buddy, I gotta tell you something, Grimm, and I don't know magic at oh, all. Oh, maybe a Laura will mess up the spell. No, he yeah. does he does know magic. He, well, he does he, know magic. He's definitely more educated now, regardless of whatever else he's got going on. He he he's cap- I mean, he does that big explosion thing a couple episodes back. You remember that? I mean, he was that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, he does that you know, big wind thing. So like that flamethrower. Oh yeah, he's got that flamethrower. Yeah, he knows how. Effective. He has that book of spells. He knows how to do magic. He like knows. He's like, oh, this is how you do magic. I know it. All right, so let's do this thing we do every week. Is do we think it's actually one season or not? Um, how, are, how are we looking towards uh, approaching the end here? I can't tell, Jack. I still don't know. I don't think so. They could probably wrap this up with three more. They'd really have to go. They'd really have to move. We should move in. I think. I kind of agree. I, th- I think there's going to. I think this episode is going to. I think this season is going to end because there's been a couple like promo shots I've seen like in like YouTube ads and stuff of them standing on the bank of a big body of water. So I think there's a good chance this season ends with them reaching the shattered sea. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing is like, well, nobody's gone beyond. No one survives going beyond the sea so like it feels weird if they were like and we're at the sea and we've done it and we're at the weird abandoned city that eric's in then also at the same time eric's got to appear more because we can't have him show up once in a weird city and be like and then he just chilled out for a bit that's that's mm. weird too a lot of questions but i i'm gonna say it's gonna be another season i suppose the question is like if it's popular enough really yeah, I think true. I yeah I I do agree with you in that I would say like the vibe I'm certainly getting is that this is intended to be that they're not going to resolve everything in this season I wouldn't think could be wrong though um we talked about a couple last week or week before or whatever that what various people have said but again they lie <laughs> they like to lie about things like that sometimes of like oh maybe we do a second one maybe but that also could just mean like yes we're very much intending to do a second one please we've already filmed it. Please watch it. Yeah, you never know. So I don't know. But I, I don't know how well this is doing. I mean, we talked about the varying um, reactions to it, and it is kind of like mixed. And some people really actually quite dislike it. I don't know. I'm looking at a review right here. I don't know who Escapist Magazine is, but they say that episode five jumped the shark badly. So there you go. Jump the shark. Yeah, you know that. That's like an expression. Well, I know the expression. I just, I'm just wondering what, they're, what they mean. IGN got to watch the first seven episodes. Well, I'm like, that's wild. I want to watch the first one. Yeah, where's my where's uh, six and seven for us? Yeah, come on, give us some of the little guy. Did they give it a score? Verdict: John Kasdan brings an unabashed joy and passion to Willow. His love for the property shines through, making this one of 2022's most unexpected and brilliant new series. Expertly balancing accessibility for new viewers and continuing the story that 80 babies love with stunning cinematography, charm, performances, and vibrant storytelling, this feels like Disney Plus at its best. That's quite positive, isn't it? I would say very. Good on you, IGN. I like it when people like things, you know? It's better than whatever we do here. Oh, they give it a 9. Amazing. Holy shit. Good on you, Rosie. Rosie right. Knight gave it a 9 out of 10. God so bless you, Rosie. Go. What whimsy she has. Um, yeah, we used all our whimsy in the war. <laughs> it's a shame. I, I hope they get another season if they want. I don't know. I'm enjoying it a lot. I think it's just good fun. We Again, we don't have any preconceived anything because we just watched the movie. And uh, yeah. so... 
I don't have like horrible eighties babies nostalgia about it. And I'm God, not the eighties are the worst. I don't care about oh, the eighties. Yeah. Shut the I'm fuck up a, about the eighties. I'm not a horrible online monster about it. We get it. All so, your cartoons were to sell toys to you. We, I don't care. I just don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't care about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll say it. On we air. get it. I don't care about them. They're not that you, cool. They're fine. Pref- I guess they were with Batman. Maybe who fucking cares? All right, hold on. I don't know why the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are catching strays here. Let's catch <laughs> what I give them. No, let's slow the roll here. We get it. Joe is propaganda. I watched the propaganda too, but just Top Gun for children. <laughs> Okay, there you go. There's something with Transformers, but I, I can't think of it right now. I, I'm i having a good time with it, though. Yes. We get it, 80s babies. You don't like when women and minorities are in things. <laughs> we sexual get it. or otherwise. You're racist. <laughs> we get it. It's all woke to you. We understand. I get it. I made a comment. Uh, you know, I almost hit. We get it. All right. You want to do a last thing here? Oh, yes. I could take out of that into our final topic, uh, something we haven't done in a while, but we use sometimes do, where we the week after we see a big movie, we talk about people's reactions to it. And obviously, as you know, if you watch, listen to every episode before you listen to this one, uh, Avatar The Way of Water came out last week. So we're going to talk about well, some of the reactions. Uh, some of the reactions, just some of the... Uh, the numbers we're working with. Numbers, really. Yeah, it's mostly... Uh, so it turns out, it, we did some quick, you know, very professional research immediately before we started recording. Uh, and apparently this movie not doing too well in China. Yeah, so uh, this article that I've got here from Yahoo um, says, Yahoo Entertainment says, uh, the headline is Avatar 2 bombs in China, but otherwise soars to 661 million global box office. Um, which is, yeah, interesting and surprising because um, well, China was a big market for the first, first one, one, and I they think loved they it. were... Yeah, so... It's interesting to see. Um, maybe that'll improve. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they've, it's only made um, $80 million in its first eight days in China, which is really small. Because um, while the United States is remains the largest market, I do think that like China can um, comes close. And it, depending on the... Certainly depending on what it is. Um, yeah, the Chinese market can outperform the domestic sometimes. Oh, um, yeah. But that's not happening thus far. So, um, so just where we have like start to worry. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. He's he's got so much ego. I don't know if he's capable of that. But <laughs> like, Top Gun didn't air in China at all. Didn't get any showings, and it made one point four nine billion. Um, the Batman made seven hundred seventy million this year, and it um only got twenty million in China at all. Um, we we or I made a very much last week out of. Um, James Cameron saying it needs $2 billion. It doesn't really need $2 billion. I was um, seeing some stuff this week that it's more like it probably will break even closer to $800 million. Um, so It is much more reasonable. A lot of money still, not to, to just downplay it, but much yeah. less compared to $2 billion. That's That's insane. Uh, but it still could hit that in the, in its second week. It could hit nine hundred million, which would actually put it over the break even mark. And then from there on, it's it's gravy. Um, this article also talks about how it's kind of got an open run until like February, which is when Ant Man comes out. So mm-hmm. we could see. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I it, feel like uh, we thought I talked about it last week, but I don't. I don't think this movie is gonna facilitate repeat viewings. I'm gonna of the average. You consumer. see that. But the first one did. 
I think. Well, I think that's how it in there. Well, yes, but I think I don't know, I feel I feel like to the average consumer, right? Like not like someone not even like even people for even further than us, we're kind of in the middle on this particular topic. Mm-hmm. We don't really care about Avatar, at least I don't. But we're like kinda in the know of the inside baseball and all that. The people who really like Avatar and love it, whatever. But the average consumer will see it and be like, well, this is kind of like the first movie. Maybe. I don't remember because I didn't rewatch it again when it came out in theaters. Cause I don't care that much. And just a bunch of blue people running around. That's what I kind of remember. I saw it once. I need to see it again. That's just what I think. Yeah. Um, although, uh, in, um, I was looking at the CNBC article that talks about this aspect of it, that uh, individual tickets are tracking at around 14 76 so almost $15 a ticket um, average whereas uh, some of the other um, what do you call them openings whatever mm-hmm. what the fuck do you call it when a movie comes out the premieres <laughs> sure ah good call you say uh, watches pre- like it's a video <laughs> game <laughs> some of the other premieres from this week um, they are averaging at about $11 a ticket so that's almost that's like what 30% mm-hmm. um more just per ticket which is obviously going to help it in the long run because and i think we talked about this last week right i mentioned this we definitely did with the 3d and the 3d thing yeah so it's kind of a calculated business decision almost to be like you gotta see it in 3d if you really want to see it Mm. it deserves to be seen on the biggest most expensive screen you can imagine and so everyone's like well okay if you say so i guess i'll lose oh shit that's how they got them the first time that's how they got us i mean we we yeah. spent twenty dollars to go see the stupid movie, <laughs> um, and what a stupid nah, movie it fucking was! Ah, no, steady on. Um, that was the yeah. only other kind of one thing I wanted to mention. Um, overall, the reactions have been pretty positive. It's got a um, uh, ninety-two, I think. I oh, know it doesn't. I don't know where I got that number. From. Oh wait, maybe it's got a ninety-two audience. Let me go check real quick. Oh yeah, it's got a ninety-three audience, seventy-eight critic. Um, which kind of checks out, I think. <laughs> I can take um, that. Sounds about right to me. This yeah. is this does feel like one of those where you'd have a motivated sort of audience. Um, and you and I talked about this. Uh, have talked about this in the past week here. Um, just over text and things that like. There's this weird thing that's happened with this movie where I think people are trying to prop it up as some kind of um, some kind of opponent to like Star Wars and or Marvel or something. Yeah. To be like, I'm not a big normie, dumb idiot person who likes Marvel. Um, I like true cinema, like James Cameron's Avatar. Um, which good on. I mean, if this is your movie or whatever, good on you. I don't care. But I do think that's such a goofy perspective to have. And I mean, I'm, that's that is a straw man I've just created right now in front of your very eyes. But <laughs> wow, like magic, <laughs> exactly. But I do think that is kind of some of the vibe I've been picking up. Is like this is what this is what blockbusters should be, not the generic Marvel crap. And it's like, listen. This is also just a Disney thing. Like we all know that, right? Can we all like, yeah, you know, it's, like, it's this yeah. is not some kind of outsider. Like, oh yeah, this is really sticking it to the man. It's all the same man, dude. Yeah, Bob so, Iger approved of this. He's all about it. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't fully get that side of it to be like, haha, I'm really sticking it to this. Is I'm gonna go see Avatar two a million times to stick it to the libtards or whatever. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Wasn't it the case that now I don't know, I've I've heard this parody, but I don't know how true it is. You might that obviously the first movie came out if I'm correct wrong before Disney's acquisition of Star Wars. Yes. So and this was meant to be like their Star Wars, like their big science fiction thing they could like pedal out. Is that accurate? Um, 
not not as such because it is a um it's a 20th century uh production right so at the time they didn't have fox either so um but they were kind of collaborating with them and and so there's like the park right right the park in um in animal kingdom at disney world and i think it's i think it's likely in uh they probably have one in Disneyland or something. I don't fucking know. Um, but they they were kind of going to like fold it in, basically, I think was the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, was that they were going to kind of be like, hey, maybe this could be our thing. Um, and that's why they set up the park and everything. And then, yes, by the time the park was finished, I think they had Star Wars. And it's like, well, we're obviously just going to do a Star Wars park because everyone likes Star Wars more than this, to be honest. Like, who are we kidding, right? Yeah, it's goddamn Star Wars. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> I think that was kind of how it went. Um, I guess, yeah. But then after after it had all settled and we had Fox and everything, there was an era there where they were like gearing up for this idea of it's going to be Star Wars Avatar every year, baby. Like alternate Star Wars one year, Avatar sure. one year. Like these are going to be our two tent poles. Yeah. Um, and that fell apart before our very eyes. Yes. Before it really even started because um, they aren't making Star Wars movies really. Yeah. yeah. And they forever to make so, this movie so yeah um yeah exactly that we were supposed there is a an alternate timeline where like i don't know the pandemic didn't happen and shit as well because <laughs> that's a big factor to be fair um yeah. where like this movie came out in like i don't know 2020 or something and then there was a star wars movie in 2021 and then avatar 3 was out this year and so on and so forth and then maybe the show doesn't exist <laughs> yeah wow. probably maybe yeah. you know maybe know. Or it's a or a million billion people listen to it in that. Oh, yeah, or the or, or like we have James Cameron on talk about his thoughts of making the movie, and he and he grovels, he bows grovels before us. Yeah, he been make fun of him like we've been doing, but he just he just has to take it. Grits and teeth is take because he's like, oh, I can't just. They but it's too much sway. A million, a million billion people listen to them. <laughs> oh, geez. all of China listens to this podcast. Even President oh. Xi. Uh, but yeah, so um. That was kind of it. That was the most thing. I mean, I did want to say, I don't remember if I made this super clear, but I, I do think this movie was all right. And like, I do think it was largely an improvement over most of the stuff in the previous one that I had problems with. Like, I do think the writing was better in this, um, even though there is some still plot stuff that, yeah. Um, and again, it looks incredible, man. No, you I mean, I can't deny that for all my classic show cynicism, can't deny it's incredibleness. But, uh, I don't know that it needed to be three hours and ten minutes long, Jack. It, I will stick to no that. No universe does it fucking need to be that. No movie needs to be that long. And now you'll say, but Jack, you have a fucking Marvel podcast, you dumb goddamn nerd. You like you love Endgame. And I do. And I'm also maybe a hypocrite. But Endgame had like ten years of buildup and a lot of story going into it. Avatar also had ten years of buildup, but there was no there's no Avatar Civil War I got to watch. There was no Avatar and the Wasp. None of that. Captain Avatar, nothing, bro. One of the <laughs> one of the people also ask things on Google. You know, how it does that where yeah. it's like, is just is Avatar two even coming out? Question. <laughs> uh, oh my god! It's an article from a million years ago that says Fox says the first Avatar sequel will be released December 18, twenty twenty. Man, what a time! What a time! Jeez, oh, that's oh, from man. that alternate timeline I just described, Jack. Oh, imagine a place out of the pandemic. Wow, maybe better. Nah. Avatar three and or Avatar four and five were going to be twenty four and twenty five. Wow. That yeah. That means we'd be like yeah. Can't wait for Avatar next year. Avatar four is coming out. Can't wait for that in yeah. two years. Oh, wow. Insane. What a time. 
and now maybe they'll never come out. Hopefully, I don't know. We'll see. And like the, this crazy winter storm that we're having here is is going to affect which um, affect movies this week. Like just movie oh, theaters right, being open yeah. and stuff. Even so, a crazy. That will certainly be a factor. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I um, it does seem very very, it, uh, not even very likely. I'm gonna say it's a given. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my my weight behind this, Jack. I'm gonna go out on a ledge and say it's definitely gonna make its money back. But um, the the questionable thing is is how much of a success it will really be. Yeah. Um. Will it be? And unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Like, will it be Top Gun? I I think there's a chance. It seems to be getting there much more quickly. If if that was right, although some of those things might kind of conflict with each other, like it might have initially reached like 900 bill or 900 mil. Sorry, this week if it weren't for this storm now, because like this weekend, which ought to be a big um, movie weekend, um, is gonna maybe be affected. Although I don't know how mu- how much of the country is actually strictly affected by it and all, but yeah, it's all these little things. Um, but like you know, Christmas is is a big movie day um, in a lot of ways. So we'll see in, in the following week into New Year's and how that goes. But I think it'll, I think it's probably gonna do pretty good overall. As much as we were Josh and James Cameron here, I think it's probably gonna do well. And it this really might cement it as like a uh, a franchise that people are willing to go see. I sure hope not. <laughs> Why not? I mean, we're gonna go see him. Well, I mean, don't you want to see? Like, no. What do you mean? You would rather they just stop? I think it's way funny. Well, to me, I well, now I won't lie. Okay, I'll, I'll 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 be fair. There is a part of me that is like, what the fuck is a- a- Avatar five? What what is he what has he got in his brain? What how do we end? Right. But another part of me, uh, the other wolf inside of me, to spin a phrase, uh, is saying how funny it would be if it just never it just flops like it it's a movie. It was one of the biggest movies of all time. It waited 13 years. The second movie was not as big. And the third movie was even less so. And then it disappeared. And it's just a laughing stock for the rest of human civilization. That's, I mean, yeah. That's what I would like I a you. little bit. I hear you, Jack. And the, the, I let that wolf win. In the, Fair in enough. Moment. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, yeah, again, and this is what we said last week, right? Just from the spectacle of it all. It's like, yeah, what could he be doing? What is he building towards, right? Because we spent... Three hours with whales. He wasted a whole movie on goddamn whale people. Who cares? And it's like the Weekly Planet talked about this a little when when they were talking. It's like it's almost like these first two are just kind of like he's treading water. Yeah, and maybe the third one will be too. And it's like, so what is he? What is the what's the payoff here? Is he like we know that a big part of this was just the water technology? Like, what technology is he waiting on now? Is this all just a big like James just James Cameron's just like pushing the boundaries of tech? Is he? Because I could almost see that. If he just said, like, guys, listen, I actually don't care that much about the story, I'd be like, yeah, no, that I follow. But then it's like, what does he care about? What's he trying to do? Yeah. What's the end goal? Is this fifth is this fifth movie gonna be like computer generated, like from the ground up? Is it gonna be run by AI? I don't even Is an AI gonna write the script? And AI probably like, hey, guys, the script. AI did the whole movie, start to finish. AI actors. <laughs> it's AI James. AI Cameron. written, AI AI directed. We actually did not. Well, I just pressed play. I just pressed go, and they made the whole movie. And Bob Iger kissed me and said, "This is beautiful, James. It's the best thing you've ever seen." <laughs> so yeah, I I want this to be successful enough to keep going. I would like to live in a world where they, you know, they make all five of these. You know, like that seems more interesting than the world where they just don't. Don't you think? No. What do you mean? How's that? You can think it's funny, but it's not more interesting for movies to not come out. 
Well, I guess it depends. More more things to look at is more interesting than less things to look at, like objectively, uh, right? Okay, okay. I guess I guess from a move a movie viewer's perspective, but I think I guess in like a case study of the hubris of man. <laughs> well, that's true. Now I, f- I feel you there, Jack. Yeah, I will. I will concede. Like from the pure, like let's see how far he can push it. I'd be excited. Like that's pretty. Imp- like he pushed it pretty far this time, and I was very impressed by the. That's visual. what I mean. Like what? What is he gonna do? Is he just gonna? The I mean, ash people. It turns out we talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, with the volcano people, they're just gonna have it. You you were joking, but no, he's literally talking about. Apparently, part of the next movie is that there's gonna there is gonna be some evil Navi, and he'll be like, "Look at they can be evil too. Maybe humans can be good too. Sometimes, sometimes. Ooh, Ooh. And he'll be like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. The the same storyline I've heard a hundred times. You tell me there's good there's heroes on both sides. Whoa, what profound ideas, James. Wasn't the whole point of Spider? fucking moron james how do you do this how do you, how do do you have it? such profound thoughts did you write a whole civilization about fire that's oh my crazy goodness. my my god jim where do you get these ideas they just come to me just all right you think that's about it yeah. i think it's about it we'll probably i mean we got the review the year in review next week so we'll hit on avatar some more don't you worry so we're gonna talk about avatar even more probably <laughs> if you're if you're like gosh you know they they had like an hour long over an hour long segment i remember because i edited about avatar last week they talked about avatar for a good what time is it a half an hour this week not half an hour i'm exaggerating but but i actually a little bit more hit that hit that two and a half hour mark of just avatar talk to a movie that they didn't even really like that much jack didn't even really like that much (laughs) and zach is better than him but like not that much better if you really think about it hey maybe maybe based off these two episodes alone right um for all anyone knows, we might just talk about Avatar every week <laughs> for the rest of time. So, our talks about Avatar will equal the length of every Avatar movie put together. I mean, we're two for two thus far, right? <coughs> oh yeah. In terms of discussions about Avatar in the weeks since Avatar two came out, so oh. and we're gonna be three for three. <laughs> I mean, the trend like it suggests a bit of a pattern, does it not? Yeah, three's a pattern, as they say. I mean, somebody said that once. I think. Someone, yeah, uh, Voltaire, I think. Yeah, Shakespeare, yeah. maybe Socrates, all of them actually. They I think all, at together. once in one voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jack, send us home. All right, perfect. So we're gonna take out of that into the end here. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can always find us wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Twitter to contact us on Architect Jazz. That's J A Z, and on Gmail at architectjazz at gmail dot com. You can DM us on Twitter, Twitter on Instagram. The Akatech Podcast. Our intro was to my friend of the show, Celery Salt. You can always find him on Spotify and SoundCloud with his singles and albums soon to come out. Uh, you, our logo was done by friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him on Instagram at inkocean.jpg or on Redbubble to buy all his artwork. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the set. Say Merry Christmas to the folks at home, Zach. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night.